Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Folks, welcome into the show. This is the Saturday session, the very best sports program between 10 and 11 on a Saturday on SENZ. My name is Daniel McCarty. Here is the beautiful, the world-famous Grant Elliott. Oh, now you're trying to suck up to me because you absolutely bagged me during the week about the coffee orders. You said that I should actually be deported out of Wellington. Back to a gated so, community in South Africa, didn't Yeah, I? that is what you said. And yeah. luckily I saw that on social media. <laughs> Um, you did, however, put on a WhatsApp group that you had bagged me, so I had to troll well, yeah, through it. Full, full disclosure. Couldn't believe it. And now you're like, oh, the beautiful Grant Elliott, welcome, my well, co-host. I, I did notice you haven't turned up with a coffee today, so um, I, I was concerned that I've hurt your feelings. What's the point? Yeah. What is the point I, if I, I'm, I'm going to get bagged? I am, I am full, full disclosure, I'm, I'm feeling bad about myself. <laughs> I, re- I, regre- I regret my actions from during No, the I was just running late. I would have got the coffees. I was just running a little bit late this morning. No. I had a little sleep in. I, yeah, I'm really going to miss drinking your coffee by mistake and, <laughs> and that coconut thing. And I, do do, I, I should be bringing coffees because, I'll tell you this to all the listeners, because don't, don't go too far because at the end of the show we always have bets that you should run a, while, uh, a mile from. And both of our bets came through, and mine came through with Wyndham Clark. It did, paying it about about nine bucks. Eight dollars. Eight eight bucks. Well, one of those ones where Grant basically stole an idea off a guest and is claiming it as as his own. But I always do that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But because I want to back our guests. But, but the key, the key is actually figuring out when the guest is talking the truth, and you did that. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, there's a number of guests where I've put their multis together and we haven't even come close. But on this occasion, it has been noted. wasn't only me, but your bet came through as well. So, yeah, It, it took a while. Uh, <clears> I, <throat> I, I went first try score in the Chiefs' um, Brumbies Super Rugby semi-final to be a forward. Yes, to be it, took, it took a long, long time for Brody Retallick. Yeah, to, to it was score. someone with a shirt numbered 1 to 8, yes. wasn't it? That was yeah. the exact bet. And yeah. that came through. Well, which minute was it? Was it the 50th, 60th no, minute? No, I think it was beyond that, wasn't it? Yeah, incredible. Probably close to the end of the, the so, 70th minute. Well played, Daniel. Thank you very much. Uh, ben Francis is back after his uh, weekend away. Uh, we welcome you with warmth. Good to see you, friend. He must be 19 feet tall. Uh, his side, the one New Zealand Warriors, are humming along. They nearly put a 50 spot up last night. Um, against the side, I think, I think we're all in agreement. We looked at it going, mm-mm-mm, this is two more points. This is more points coming the way of the Warriors. But just the, the way they did it, what, five minutes in, what's he, Zelezniak scores the first of his four tries. I think he's got 12 tries in nine games. Uh, ben Francis, no wonder he came back to work with a great stride and purpose and gusto. <laughs> Morning. morning. Morning, guys. Ben. Yeah, I had, had a bit of swagger this morning. It's it's feeling great. And I tell you what, my my first thought was, seeing social media this morning, thinking it's so weird seeing so many people talk positively about the Warriors, and you think it's been about 12 years since there's been this much positivity around them. And it, it, I'm, <laughs> I'm finding it very hard to adjust to. I'm not used to it. Well, but being in this game for many, many years, as I have, uh, Grant, uh, you know, when side struggle, talkback hosts benefit. 
And and I think you're starting to get your head around this. Oh, you yes, know, I am. I don't like it because oh, being like a former either. athlete, I'm like, wow, there's some, why are fans so negative? Yeah. So I do wonder how many Warriors fans want to be positive today with us. Yeah. I'd like to think we're a bit of a positive show. Oh, maybe not me towards you directly. Which is, uh, that's it, fine. That's that can niggle. Be little, that can be a little bit overcast. Yeah. I'm not going to walk out of the studio uh, like some sporting teams maybe walk out of situations. Ooh, 0800 You could text us on double eight double three. Warriors fans, love to get your thoughts on that victory last night. And and, and if I can string a bunch of games together, and I, it, it was after the Broncos game. We all know I'm a Broncos fan, and I like to wind up Ben Francis especially. Um, in that tight game when the Warriors came back from you know a near-on unwinnable position to nearly win it at the end. It was quite an extraordinary game. Uh, I, I did mention that from the next game, the Dolphins onward, I think half or maybe even just slightly above half of their games were up against sides currently in the top eight. And we are entering the crucial part of the season, the dreaded C word. Uh, how have they responded, Grant? 30 points to 8, 30-16-14, 36-14, and 48 points to 18 against the Dolphins, Raiders and Dragons. Two sides in the eight. Or, you know, two sides there or thereabouts as far as making the eight and uh, one side you would put away. A brilliant effort uh, by the Warriors. Uh, again, they are ticking along nicely. Game still to come. Well, how's this for a string of games, Ben Francis? Rabbits, Eels, Sharks, Raiders in the next four weeks, all in the top eight. But would you not would you not bank on the side getting two or three of those from what you've seen over the last month, Ben Francis? Oh, I think you have to, 100%. Uh, the way they're playing, it's the mo- probably the most excited I've been about uh, a Warriors team. I go back to 2008 because there are guys in there. There's not a, there's not too many like out and out superstars. I guess is the right way to put it. I look at that team of 08. Had you know a few battlers, some veterans in there, and they're just doing their jobs. And I look at guys like Dylan Walker, Jackson Ford, two guys that people are eh, about, and they're just standing up, and it's absolutely incredible. Warriors fans, I uh, love to hear from you today on 0800-150-811. I have a coin in my hand. No, we're not playing fact or fiction just yet. Super Rugby Final tonight. Oh. Chiefs Crusaders. Well, you don't know who's going to win. You're going to do, nor do the TAB, nor does the market. $1.92 apiece as it stands right now. It is your archetypal cost, toss of a coin game. Grant Elliott. Good bet both ways. We, we need to needle. Draw. We need, <laughs> What's a draw? $16. <laughs> well, yes, you're probably high. We haven't seen a draw. I almost called we, it. You almost called, called it in Wellington. Maybe may, may just before we depart today, you will announce it as your sporting uh, punt you should run a mile from. Crusaders and Chiefs fans, today is the day. We want to know all about, A, your grand final experience. What are you doing? Are you getting together with mates? Are you going to a pub? Is there a pub in Hamilton right now that might have people in it? Oh, building, definitely. B- building up? There's a hundred percent. we call it? We should have called our show from a pub. Yeah, okay. Um, if you're in Chiefs country, um, what bar in that region will have Chiefs fans in it right now? Lubricating, getting ready. We- wearing those... Double eight, double three. Would they wear the Canterbury... Little trousers, what are they called? Those, those stubbies. Are they called stubbies? We'll find out. Let's get to your calls. Uh, it was David from Cromwell. Did I just cut him off? Sorry if I did. David from Cromwell. Um, 0800 taking your calls uh, in just a moment. But before we do that, as always, at the top of the show, uh, we'll give you the latest in sports headlines. Dallin Watsini Zelezniak has scored four tries, counting them all as the Warriors made it. Three wins in a row with a 48-18 win over the Dragons in Wollongong. 
I think heading into that game, Grant, they'd won one of 11 games in Wollongong. In the gong. But they got, got the gong. Sounds like um, Middlesex. They just they won their 15th T20 game. They'd lost 14 on the trot. Ooh. World record chase, though. T, uh, T20 against Surrey. That might feature a little bit later. The Warriors' ninth win of the season lifts them into the top four and looking good for, to play finals footy for the first time since 2018. They are back in action next Friday in Auckland, South Sydney. We'll have full commentary right here on SCNZ. Tammy Beaumont's maiden test century has led England's emphatic fight back with the bat on day two of the one-off Ashes test at Trent Bridge. Beaumont 100 not out. England finishing the day 218 for two in response to Australia's 473. Lydia Coe has made... Has, has... This is quite interesting. Has made... Slash cut. I'm not sure which one. Thanks for Ron Burgarding me. <laughs> uh, there's Ben Francis. That's awesome. She's playing golf in New Jersey. Um, we'll dig that out for you. She's posted a second round score of 72 to sit in a tie for 71st and five over for the tournament. Unsure if she's made the cut. Uh, I'll clarify that. And New Zealand's Daniel Hillier will take a one-shot lead into the weekend at the BMW International Open on the DP World Tour after cutting an impressive bogey-free 62nd on day two in Munich. He is quite the talent. Uh, Dean, good morning to you as we go to the lines on 0800 How are you? Morning, Dino. Are we positive this morning? Always positive, mate. Never negative. Why would I be negative? <laughs> That's good to hear because Daniel McCarty, he's calling for positivity today. Positive fans out there. If there's such yeah, a thing. well, I tell you what, I got a few of the boys that were, had a, bit of, a couple of beers last night after work, watched a bit of sport on TV, and I've, I've always done this guess the score sweet thing at whatever pub I'm close to. So at the mighty Hefs Hotel last night, and we got 35 people having a go, and I've got to tell you, it's harder to pick than a broken nose. No, there's no clear one side or the other. And these are people that sort of know their, their rugby and some of them that don't. And one guy was real clever. He picked the score, then he reversed the score, and then he had to go to draw. But I reckon the TAB, <laughs> is, yeah, good on him. I reckon the TAB, there's a chance. Like, you look, I'm not sure it's palm, but I'll definitely have a crack. I'll put 10 bucks on both. It's a draw at half time and then the Chiefs to win and a draw at half time and the Crusaders to win, because in this game, if you're a chance of squaring it up to go into the shed, you won't kick for the corner for a line-out. You just get into the shed, nil-nil, and you'll go again in the second half, you know. So nil-nil at half-time. Yeah. yeah, it's one game when they'll take that, you know. They'll be happy to just start again in the second half. So, oh, that'll bring the crowds so, back, nil-all at half-time in a final. No, I don't mean nil-all. <laughs> I don't mean nil-all. No, nil it could be 21-21, you know. Like, I don't know what okay, we yeah. like up there, you know what I mean? Like, just to draw any score, but they'll take that to start again. You don't want it to be coming out losing, you know? Not in the final. Yeah, but the forecast, um, it's a little bit spotty for Hamilton today, I, th- I think. I think there was some rain in the forecast, whether or not that's around at 7 o'clock uh, tonight. We'll just have to wait and see. But it, it sounds like one half is fighting with your other half here. It, it is a toss of a coin game, right? I, I can't oh, pick it. Totally. Grant and I are actually going to have a debate as to who's going to win the Super Rugby final. I don't think either of us are convinced either way. No. Yeah, I think the only the travesty of justice is poor old Brad Weber. You know, like it, it should have been All Black should be named in the Hamilton dressing shed after the thing. I don't care about Foster getting a club jersey. Like, really? Dude, what's going on? He should be supporting his daughter at football. And leave Razor the taste of the world. Be positive, Dino. <laughs> Come on. That is positive. That is positive. <laughs> like it's his team. She's a good player. They come November. 
it's his team. And he'll say it's our team. Foster says it's his team. Doesn't care what we think. It doesn't work. That's not good. I don't like your next. But I'm looking for. Right, I'm going to put a gun to your head. Gun to your head, Dean. Who wins? Uh, my score is Crusaders 28, Chiefs 15. But the money the game was on the Chiefs before it started. $4.50 or $5.50 or something. Got on that, so. I don't know. So, don't so despite, despite you being unconvinced, you're going with the Crusaders win by 13, is it? Yeah, well, I, I, Ray's is just so good, mate. Like, I mean, he... he, yeah. he and so, so is the Chiefs coach, too, though, to be fair. The two best man managers are there. And like, they interview really well. Like, when you listen to them interviewed, they're just passionate buggers like the rest of us. I don't think, I don't think it's negative either way. It's just it's a hell of a game. It's the final I wanted to see it last year. But the referee balls it up and didn't award a penalty. Romano should have been penalised at half time. I mean, at full time, he's given the Chiefs a chance. They had to go down to Christchurch. Who wants to go there? A grudge. But, it's a place you park yeah. your car, isn't it? Yeah, hey, Dean, yeah, thanks yeah, for I calling in, mate. Go enjoy the final. Do appreciate it. Our number's 0800 well, Thanks, Dino. I love that. But that, that could happen. You know, it, you know these are really good sides. They, they could run away with it. Dino's got some great insight. When he phones in to this um, this show, he's always got some good insight because I think he collaborates a lot on a Friday night with his mates. They sit at the pub and they debate it. But to be 28-15 to the Crusaders was a very, um, after saying he wasn't sure who yeah. was going to win it, was was quite a, uh, you know, exact sort of win yeah. margin, wasn't it? It's too tight to call, but a team's going in by 13 points. Good on him for sticking like his neck it. out. What say like you? It. 0800 150 You know, we're, we're right in the middle. Chiefs versus Chiefs country to the north, Crusaders down to the south. Uh, who we got and why? Love to hear from you. Um, let's be wise before the fact. Uh, Ted has written in. Thank you, Ted. Hi, Thanks, guys. Ted. Just drove past the local tap house in Hamilton <laughs> and saw t- uh, two chief supporters all dressed up and walking in. That's <laughs> will, awesome. Will they be walking can, out? Can though? we call the tap house in Hamilton? <laughs> can you find the number, Ben, and we'll call the tap house? We should call the well, tap house. Yeah, we out. should. We'll find out what the mood's like. What's just, the mood like? Let's say we're Crusaders fans and that we're keen to come. We just want to know what the mood was like. <laughs> well, I'd like to book a table for about 10 o'clock tonight for a victory. For a victory, uh, victory <laughs> Reserve party. a table Reserve for 15, yeah, please. Under the name Robertson. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Ben. Uh, I've got a bit of a problem here, guys. The tap house doesn't open till 11. <clears throat> well, there's people walking in to the tap house. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think we should try and we, give it a call. We'll give them a call? You got the number there? Well, you, want, you want me to try call right now? Yeah, right yes. now. All right, let's call right. the tap house. All right, we'll give it a go. Let, let's find out what the mood is like. The mood. I reckon the mood... I'd, they'd be apprehensive, wouldn't they? No. Chief supporters. No. no? Not a chance. I reckon that What, they, bullish? Yeah, bullish. Not, not full of self-doubt like Wellington sports fans. Already celebrated victory. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, a couple uh, of them already are. Okay. A lot of them have said that, um, you know, it's changed Chiefs team. This has changed the culture, everything. There's no chance that the Crusaders are going to win. Oh, we'll, oh it's an 07 number. We're calling the Hamilton. Great. Well, uh, this is the tap house. Apparently, Chiefs fans are already walking in. They're getting prepared. Should we leave a message? Don't think it... No one answers telephones at restaurants and bars anymore, do they? No one likes answering telephones anymore, do they? Give them your Should number. Should we talk about this? Like, why don't we like answering... To... And I'm one of the worst offenders. Are we going to leave your number, Daniel? No. <laughs> already, you've been blacklisted from the tap house. Nine, nine. Oh, what a shame. Oh. No one at the tap house is answering. That's all right.
Okay, uh, we're going to have to rely on Chiefs fans in the region. Uh, to give us a call, 0800-150-811, or text us double eight double three. Yeah, how are you feeling? Are you feeling positive? Is, uh, am I correct in the, the feeling that I'm getting from all the Chiefs fans out there that they're saying that the Crusaders are not going to touch them? Tonight. They've been dominant throughout this competition. The Crusaders have won how many titles in a row? I know, but I think what threw everyone a curveball was the last game the Crusaders played against the Blues, where everyone went, oh, if there's ever an opportunity, this is it, you know? Blues versus Crusaders, and then they wiped the floor with them. Yeah, they did. Um, In fact, I I think in the the semi finals, sorry, the quarterfinals and semi, they have um, raked up close to 100 points. Yeah. And Richie Moanga has been amazing. Yeah, he has. Uh, one Crusaders fan uh, writes in on double eight double three on the Timber Boot Post text machine. Uh, you will all be wondering how you even doubted a Crusaders win in the morning. He's not confident. He hasn't put his name or no, where he's from. No, absolute hiding behind anonymity. <laughs> there's no confidence. No, there's no that. confidence. What put some conviction yeah. in? Put <laughs> your name like Ted. Oh eight hundred um one five oh eight eleven. Should we just get it out of the way now? What? Fact or fiction? Okay. Yep. Okay. Let's do it. So, heads, crusaders, tails, chiefs. So, if you get a head, you have to um, go to bat for the crusaders. Yep. Heads. Cru- I'm going to go I for... Oh, you just dropped it. Oh, it I'm, I'm going to go... I always go, head, for, I always go for a head. Well, it landed on a head. Are you saying that... So, that means that the crusaders. Okay. Fact or fiction, the crusaders are going to win Super Rugby Grand Final tonight. I went first last time. Uh, fiction. They're not going to win. The Chiefs have been the best team in Super Rugby all season. Need I take you back to the 21-point humiliation that the Chiefs handed to the Crusaders in week one of this competition? You've got to go all the way back, 31 points to 10 in Christchurch. This isn't on the rich alluvial plains of Canterbury, you know, built figuratively and literally on a sheep's back. No, this is in Hamilton. Oh, and that's right, the Chiefs went and beat the Crusaders also in Hamilton uh, this season, if I'm not mistaken. Another comfortable runaway 10-point victory grant, 34 points to 24. Absolutely no doubt about it. All Blacks captain Sam Kane's been immense. Brody Retallick scoring tries. Winners, no Sam Whitelock potentially for the Crusaders. It'd be a huge loss. You've got the, the future All Black coach taking on the next future All Blacks coach. <laughs> Sorry, the, the future, future All Blacks coach taking on the future All Blacks coach. You know, Clayton McMillan's done a brilliant job there. Chiefs win, no doubt about it. Grant Elliott, I need your retort. I need your reply. Daniel, I love your passion for the Chiefs. Oh, and when we win. Oh, here we and go. When we win, Are you finished? And when we win, we'll go have a good party. At the tap house. Yeah, at the tap house. <laughs> and we will be sensible people, and we will no way blame our coach driver for dodgy activity. There we go. The Chiefs will win. The Crusaders have legacy, they've got tradition, and they've got consistency. It's not about just the 2023 competition. Back in 1996, when there was the Super 12... Do I, need to get a, do, I, do I need to get a blanket here? The Crusaders... To put my feet up? Finished last in the Super 12. Since then, they've won 11 titles. 1998, 99, 2000, 2002, 5, 6, 8, 17, 18, 19, and 22. 
Sorry, you still They around. know how to win. They've done it before. They've got decades before them. And they're the, the informed team of the competition. I can't see the Crusaders losing this one to the Chiefs. Even though they're playing away from home, they don't have their fan base. That'll motivate them even more. When the chips are down, the Crusaders perform time and time again. There you go. Okay. Ben Francis, what team are you on? Well, I don't support... He always goes against me. Always no. goes against Grant, me. Grant, Grant, before you open your mouth, you... I, I, <laughs> I, I, I actually don't even think this is a debate, to be honest. Wow. I think it's a Crusaders win all, all day. All day, every day. I mean, I've said what I've said, but not with a lot of conviction because I'm really on the fence. Well, both of you are wrong. I I am dead confident the Crusaders will win. I don't see the Chiefs winning. Wow. Well, it's, you know, I I can't promise I won't go out tomorrow when both of you are wrong. Culture. Yeah. They're going to get out cultured, the Chiefs. (laughs) That's what happens when you play the Crusaders. You get out cultured. All right, which team are you on, Team McCarty or Team Elliot? Let us know. Uh, tell us, uh, how are you splitting this one? 0800 I've clearly told it. The Chiefs. Chiefs, absolute no-brainer. Grant's Team Crusaders. Uh, let's hear from you. 0800 or double eight double three. Dale Hadley's texting. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's Dale Hadley. It could be. <laughs> it is Dale. Give a toss a hurry this season. This is a one-off game. Crusaders by 22. See? The Jaffa border. Wannabes have no chance, right, Stale? Well, obviously, Dale's taking the bait beautifully with my little opinion piece. Let's hear more from Crusaders and Chiefs fans after this break. Back with more here on SENZ. And hopefully you on 0800 as we always do throughout this hour, taking your calls. Uh, you can set the agenda. If there's something in sport you want to discuss, now is your opportunity. 0800 as we always like to do. We revisit what happened under the Friday night lights, so nearly 50-point uh, performance by the Warriors in the NRL, climbing very, very high on that ladder. What's um, in his Lesniak in rich try-scoring form. He now has 12 for the season after picking four up last night, and that 48 points to 18 win over the Dragons. Uh, sees the Warriors for the time being climbed to fourth on the ladder on 22 points, just one point behind the Broncos who still lead. Love to hear from one New Zealand Warriors fans um, as far as uh, talking about that performance and just the rich vein of form over the last three or four games uh, for the Warriors and uh, what lies ahead with a a string of very tough games. But you must be very confident uh, the winning will continue. Uh, And let's not forget we've got Super Rugby final tonight. Chiefs up against uh, the Crusaders. We've just uh, had fact or fiction. Tossed a coin. Chose a side. I'm all team Chiefs as a result. Clearly giving you know, quite an emotional uh, speech and explaining why they'll win. It was. It was very moving. Yeah, and Grant Elliott has bored us with history. Well, well, Unfortunately, we history matters, right, Grant? I'd like to know. If you're on the other side of the field against a team that does nothing but win, 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 win at this time of the year, how can you not be fearful of them? Oh, how can I mean, they? How? What I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, how can the Crusaders not get in the head of the Chiefs? I get, I guess, like I'm thinking back to my career and the team that was probably that for for most teams was Australia. You know, the might of Australia and the consistency, and they brought that legacy like post the Warren era. You know, we played 
some really good Australian teams. Never lost. I never lost a Chapel Hadley though series to them. I think that there's there's an even more like a greater desire to beat a team like the Crusaders because because of the legacy that they come with. You're playing with the best on the park, supposedly. So you want to be put against the best teams. Um, and also being being at home, I think for the Chiefs, I think is a, probably a little bit of a benefit for them. Um, you know, we've read the stats on that. Like home teams have, you know, on average a sixty-one percent more chance of winning than you know the opposition. So you've got to say that it does count. Um, and particularly in basketball, NBA, they talk about home and away victories. So I think it's just more being put up against the best of the best and that's as an athlete that's what you want you want to be playing against the best players in the world or in the country and for some players it's the biggest stage that they'll get um and you know i think in new zealand it was odd that i heard super rugby being advertised for the first time on radio it was weird like normally they don't have to advertise but obviously the game's taken a little bit of a knock but i think that this will be a extremely extremely well sort of followed game this one i don't know there's a lot of hype because as you've alluded to no one really knows who's going to win it but no, it's beauty. Going to be well crusaders. and at the tab i'll repeat dollar 92 the chiefs currently paying uh the crusaders paying a dollar 92 and grant elliott's draw is at 16 dollars uh colleen writes we are on a crusade we will win another i think that's what she's trying to say it's come out as amour that's, isn't that French for love or something? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Rue from Timaru. Crusaders by eight. Time for one last dance. Rue from Timaru, who's texting in via the Gold Coast. Hey, Rue, thanks so much for joining in. Zade's a good blues man. I think he might finally be over oh, last weekend's result. Licking his wounds. But Zade, good friend of the station, of course, can, can offer the, the neutral's perspective, the unbiased nice. perspective. Zade, who you got tonight? I want the Chiefs to win. I want Why? them to um, put it into Razor's party, the party poopers. <laughs> Are you not a fan of Razor's, Aid? I am, but he wasn't last until week. He's the All Blacks coach. Nah, not until he's the All Blacks coach. Yeah, I don't. I don't want him having another dance. He's got one six in a row, and it'd be good to see the Chiefs win at home. I mean, I'm not really a Chiefs fan either because I like the Blues, but I'd rather the Chiefs win. You know, they've been the best team all year and they deserve to win the title. Um, and, yeah, I'd love to see Sean Stevenson have a class game. I reckon he deserved to be in the All Blacks team. I don't know how we didn't get picked. But, anyway, I'm not an All Blacks selector and that's up to them. And um, on the Warriors, how good were they last night? Just Dallin was loving it. Um, I think Sammy Hewitt won't have a voice left this morning. I think that's definitely <laughs> gone. That's well gone. But, yeah, Dallin, um, he had a game. And just, you know, um, they're just thriving, the Warriors, this year. Just loving playing. You know, they're all scoring. Um, Jackson Ford, you know, all the Fords. Um, um, Fanor Blake's playing real good. Bailey Serenin, Luke Metcalf's starting, starting to get good now. Um, Marcelo Montoya's playing good. And um, I was reading a few comments on the Facebook um, page of the Warriors, and the fans are saying, at least we don't have to have a heart attack watching the Warriors right now. So... No, it's been it's been it's been plain sailing on that front, Zade. Uh, yeah, now, has it? I, I want you to put a number on it. Where do you think they'll finish inside the eight? I'm pretty confident they're going to be inside the eight, and I'm saying that with, yeah, you know, only six points separates one through eight right now. It's so even. But where in the eight do they finish? Just give me a number. Fourth. Ooh, yeah, we're going, we're like going it, Zade. 
Good on you, Zaid. Enjoy. Hopefully, uh, the, the Chiefs get up and win for you. Thanks, Zaid. Zaid's talking a lot of sense there, mate. Yeah, Zaid, he knows the game. He well, knows the, the game. But I, you do detect a little bit of a hatred towards the Crusaders. Well, his team, there is that. His team did get togged by yeah. last week, which is fair enough. G'day, Bruce. Are you in the pub, Bruce? You're on the wheeze. You're already on it. (laughs) It, it, Don't tell me that. Is is that that song from that movie which is all about discovering North America? (laughs) We, we, we We can't hear it in the background. Is that Conquest of Paradise you're trying to play to us? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> How did it you is. pick that up, Daniel McCoy? Well, he's a Crusaders fan, isn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, I'll play. Right. You know, Va- Va- Vangelis' um, song from the the Christopher Columbus movie. Oh, Bruce, you, you sound all chipper and... Appropriated by the Crusaders. Hey, that's what they do. You know what? I'm glad yeah. they'd bring up, actually. Because <laughs> um, I think, without fail, every week when he gets... Uh, well, Staffy used to ring up and say, pick your, your your team for the All Blacks or the team that's playing this week, and pretty much 13 out of the 15 Blues is in there, but they. And uh, he was pr- pretty good. on him for being ago. loyal. Good on him for being loyal. It's not as if Crusaders fans have been loyal over the years. <laughs> loyal. Um, <laughs> hey, look. How you feeling, Bruce? Are you nervous? I'm actually, no, I'm not nervous what, at all. Not nervous at all. I'm actually just um, positively confident that um, because of the way they played in their previous game, um, they're more than capable of winning. They, they just, you know, I've got, I've got no issues. Are you always like this, or is this unusual for you? Well. I think they've always, they've had some uh, challenges, but I think in the last four, five, six games, they've, they've sort of had a plan. And I remember a game against the Hurricanes that we talked about, and well done, the Hurricanes actually won that game, but I think that was a, I think that was a, almost just lose on purpose to give the Blues a false sense of security, false sense of hope. <laughs> You can't even you can't even give on us one, game. can you? You can't even give us one Crusade uh, Hurricanes fans one. You can't even give us credit. Well, you won that game, but there was nothing on it. So anyway, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm um, I'm actually sort of pleased they're playing the Chiefs. Um, I think if they can play seventy five percent of the effort they did last week, they'll they'll romp in, Firstly. They don't need any reasons yep. to not get up. All right, Bruce. Good to Just check. Quick. You go turn that stereo up, stereo up, and we'll uh, you know we'll turn your phone <laughs> off so we don't have to listen to it. Thanks Enjoy so much, game, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven double eight double three. First Crusaders fan to pay conquest of paradise to us. Yeah, the Crusaders, you might remember, Grant uh, lost to the Chiefs in the first game of the season. Um, then beat the Highlanders. Then lost to the Drua. Seems a long time ago. People were writing them off after three weeks when they were one and two. A lot of, inju- a lot of injuries, though, didn't they? Yeah, along the way through to this uh, stage yeah. of the season, they've had a lot. But, you know, then they beat the Blues, beat the Brumbies, beat
beat the Reds, beat Moana Pacifica, beat the Rebels, lost to the Chiefs. Hmm, there's a theme there. Then beat the Force, beat the Blues, beat Moana Pacifica, beat the Waratahs, lost to the Hurricanes in a game that apparently was all about acting. It was all about taking a knee to, you know, to lull your opposition into false sense of security. Do you know what would be fantastic is tonight to be able to see the two coaches give a team talk prior to the game. I'd love to see the difference between, you know, what Robertson says and um, compare that to... Okay. Are you willing to write a team them? talk for the Crusaders? Um, no. No? Oh. Well, I mean, I don't really know. You've got to know the personnel in the team before oh, you right. deliver the... Yeah, yeah, something like that. Paul's going to hold because he's an absolute champion. We'll be back with his call after this. It's 24 away from 11. And we are taking your calls on 0800 150 811 8833. 48 points. The Warriors putting the Dragons last night to move to fourth on the NRL ladder. Let's react to that under the Friday Night Lights and also get your prognostications for the Super Rugby final this evening. Chiefs up against the Crusaders. Nothing uh, separates them at the TAB. What say you? Let's go to Paul. Thanks for holding through that break, Paul. G'day, we'll Paul. Appreciate it. Yeah, boys. Yeah, uh, the Warriors last night. Um, that was a game. Probably, you know, Warriors teams of of the past um, probably would have dropped. You know, going into a game that you should win. And um, uh, but uh, this team, yeah, it's just amazing, am- amazing what Andrew Webster's done with this side. Uh, I am a bit nervous about Murata Niakora missing out next week's game. It's going to be a huge game mm-hmm. at Mount Smart. Uh, we'll go Media Stadium, but. Um, I mean, we've got uh, Mitch Barnett to come back in and Josh Curran's playing well. So the, the depth is awesome in the team and it's such a good time for uh, for us fans at the moment. Oh, you know, for, for, you know, for, for Grant, who's reasonably new, new to, you know, Warriors fandom, you know, how dark were some of those dark days, Paul? Very dark. <laughs> Very dark, you know, know. There's a lot of Warriors fans out there who've probably been around, you know, supporters since... 95 and um, you know and, and, and you know I, I, I drive uh, a few hours every every home game sit there in the rain but um, <laughs> you know die hard fan you know and there's been times of frustration and you know and the good thing about us fans is you know when they play terrible we absolutely give it to them but when yes. they play good um, you know we, we, we give credit where credit's due so you know we're not afraid to put the boot in but they they, they're just a, such a good side this year, and um, it's good to see and hear the Australian commentators talking them up um, over there. And I think yes, it's the, the deeper we go into this comp, uh, you'll start to hear more about the Warriors over there. And uh, the future's looking good for the club too. You know, with uh, with the reserve side and, and the SG Ball side coming through, and the women's will come through soon. So, uh, Tappy Days mate, being a Warriors fan at the moment. <laughs> Do you reckon, Paul, um, as a Warriors fan, I always got the feeling that, you know, you, you alluded to it earlier. You said, oh, that was normally a game that they would have dropped, you know, after a good performance. Do you think that they've shaken off that inconsistency tag now in this new regime? Uh, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. If, if you look at the games you've played this year, um, you know, they, they, have, they, they haven't been on the... On, I don't think they've conceded more than 10, 15 points in a game. Uh, there are other teams in the comp who have been absolutely hammered, you know, but the Warriors, they've had some real close losses against the Broncos and there's been some some close yep. losses. So that to me, that just shows the defence and the attitude and the mental toughness of this side and what Andrew Webb's brought to this side. So, 
it's definitely um, definitely a, a, a mindset thing for the, for the Warriors. And I, I think, in a way, COVID was a blessing in disguise because I think they finally re- they realised how much being home and being happy um, play, plays a part in your performance. And um, you know, we'll be there at the, at the Rabbitohs next week, and I, I know it's, Good, it's probably sold out already. Yeah, so um, uh, and it'll be good to see the superstars, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, and all those players come and try and come to our fortress. So, Warriors fans, let's get out there and let's just give them heaps. Paul, I'm so glad uh, fans like yourself who've you know followed this team so passionately for such a long time drive hours just to go to games are being rewarded. Long yep. may continue, Paul. Thanks so much for joining us. Yep. David and Cromwell, welcome to the show. Hey, Great. Hey, what about you? How's that glorious part of the country? Oh, mate, I haven't seen the sun for bloody three weeks. <laughs> and it's three, three degrees and it's, and it's drizzling rain and low clouds. Sounds so, delightful. <laughs> we said we were going to be positive today, David. Yeah. I am. I said, listen to you guys. Cheers me up. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's nice. How so? Yeah, no, listen, about the Warriors, um, I, um, if we play well and even lose to South, I still think we're a top four. Wow. Because you know it, you know it's tight, David. I, I, I know you are fully aware um, losses are really going to hurt from here on in because the, the, the ladder is so tight. But you, you, you think without question they're a top four side? Um. Yeah, I, the way they're going, and it's just that to me that they're enjoying their rugby, they're playing for each other, and they're fit. It's like, look, look how much, how many points they keep putting on in the last 15, 20 minutes, you know? Uh, no, yeah, that, that is like, really but, true. And the one thing I've really enjoyed over the last couple yeah. of months is how good their attack looks. I, I think they're averaging, you know, last night helped, but, you know, scores of over 30 regularly, you know, averaging about... 30 points a game over their last four. Yeah, but their defence has bloody stepped up. It's, it's really, really good. So, anyway, that's why I just like to say that and, and, and enjoy your show, fellas. Thank you. Thanks so much, David. I'm glad br- the Warriors are at least bringing a little bit of sunshine to you down there. Yeah, thanks, David. And the phone's dropped out. There you go. There's Central Otago um, phone reception for you. I'm so glad we got David finally on. He actually called a couple of times and I, I I think I cut him off. It's, a, it's strange because it, you've got on one side, you've got Crusaders fans who are always, I guess, the expectation that the Crusaders are just going to win. Entitled. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, confident. And then you've got the Warriors fans that are coming through this roller coaster. Oh, they want to believe bad. They want to believe, but I still, I don't get the feeling that they truly do believe. They're, they're almost waiting for that speed bump Can to happen. Feel it? Can you feel yeah. it? Is this going to be the year they always talk about? But, um, the, yeah, the, I think that they're changing from being one of those inconsistent teams to maybe they believe in the new regime, new culture, and the consistency of the side. So it's good to hear that they're positive Warriors fans out there. Well, Bruce always in the pudding, you know. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, when I look at the NRL ladder, it's round 17. There, there is eventually a time we have to accept that they are who they are, which is... A really good footy team, it, it does seem. Well, a home semi would be great, wouldn't oh. it? Wouldn't that be great? 
Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> ben Francis' head might explode. It's 12 minutes away from 11 o'clock. We will take a short break. Keep your messages rolling through to double eight double three. Got a few of those. We'll uh, read those out shortly. Rob the Wrong Way also coming up. Grant Elliott indeed is here. Ben Francis is here. I'm Daniel McCarty. We take you through to 1 o'clock. Our number is 0800 Thank you for using it this hour. Double eight double three is the temper bed post text machine. Grant, do you want to read some of these? Well, I'm just in awe of some of these texts. Um, really? Well, that one there, that it's from uh, from Mike in Christchurch, where he said, I have a bet on the Warriors making the top four to $18, and I'm booking flights oh, no. to the grand final. No, Mike. Mike. Mike from Christchurch. Mike, we did this a few weeks ago. When have you gone early in sport? Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike, are you worried you're going early? So Mike's gone early there. Well, he's booked flights to the grand final. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm sure there's a lot of fans who've done something similar over the years and then watched other teams play. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I told you about the one where I was in England and it was... Your sister's wedding? No, the World Cup uh, World Cup uh, football. Yeah. And England were 1-0 up against someone. I don't know if it was Croatia or someone. And guys started booking <laughs> tickets to the semis or the finals. And there they were and silly like... amounts. It was like £2,000 for tickets and... Getting all fired up with the spoons, and then suddenly they lost in penalties, obviously. So that was a uh, down Well, this unnamed texter definitely should be a great game that could be separated by some individual brilliance that wins it for either team. For the game in New Zealand, we need the Chiefs to win to bring back some kind of love for the game we once had, and that's slowly getting away from us. Oh, he's pulling the emotional heartstrings there. Yeah, so that was a good one. Um, this one, I, I think, has a lot of emojis that have come through as question marks on our text machine. Okay. I'm not sure if you know, it marries. This one is a, a Hawks Bayite here who is backing the Chiefs, then with eight question marks. <laughs> I don't know if you're in Hawks Bay or you're not in Hawks Bay or if you're having self-doubt over picking the Chiefs. Then we've got uh, Ted from Mamarera. Have I said that correctly? Well, that's how it's written. It could be Manurewa. Um, I thought they were really at different stages. At other times, a little bit clunky. Defense was great again. I thought the Sinbin was a bit harsh, but it's the Warriors, so nothing new. Congrats to DWS on his four tries. Warriors to finish fourth with a home semi. Oh, I love it how people are saying it the quiet bit out loud. Wow. It's fantastic. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Warriors v. Broncos grand final this year, and this year is our year. Oh, Andre, and then you go up the wires. Sorry, I thought Andre was another Broncos fan. But tell you what, that, that would make for quite a niggly Saturday session that weekend. The Warriors and the uh, and the Broncos made it to the grand final. And Andres, he's Ooh. booking tickets to the grand final as well by the looks of things. And um, unnamed texter, what are the chances of a team beating the Crusaders three times in one season? Chris writes, from the village of the damned. <laughs> Well, he's just leaving it there to, you know, to float in the psyche of the Chiefs fans. Yeah, what are the chances of beating us once, twice, three times? We've got to find the tap house. It's open soon. We've got to find out. The mood. I need to know what the mood is. I've picked the Chiefs to win. Uh, Ken Laban's going to join us. We're going to spend quite a bit of time in Lower Hutt and Upper Hutt. He's the king of Lower Hutt. Nice. Ken Laban, Sky Sports Rugby commentator. Look at the final. Jewel to be loved by anyone. Not unusual to be loved with anyone. You see, I don't know the lyrics. No, no, but it's positive. It is it's positive. a positive tune. You've asked for positivity. We've heard from positive Warriors fans. 
We've heard from positive Crusaders fans. Well, there's only one type of Crusaders fan, and it's a positive Crusaders fan. And entitled. <laughs> and we've heard from hopeful Chiefs fans. Yeah. They're hopeful. They're trying to be positive. But, I don't believe it, though. I don't believe it. You're an entitled Crusaders fan this week. Yeah, I am. Because yeah, back to a fiction, the, t- the coin landed. I, in fact, I dropped the coin. It landed on heads. You had to choose the uh, the Crusaders. And you seem quite happy about it. You almost are coming across as quite entitled. First city I landed in, 2003. It was home to me for two summers, Christchurch. And um, I arrived with uh, my baggy shorts, some jandals, and a T-shirt slash vest. And there was snow on the mountains. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I think it was September. Because I had to be in the country for 186 days of the year. Oh, of course. So that I could qualify to play for New Zealand. So I arrived early, generally left sort of April uh, to go to, to the Netherlands. But, gee, it was freezing. I remember freezing. And my coach, who's now, you know, may he rest Did it in smell peace. like excellence when you wandered in? Well, it was. Oh, it smells of excellence down here, of winning. 34 hours of traveling. My coach, who may rest in peace, Greg Curtin, yep. unbelievable man. Uh, he took me straight to the pub. Um, I was That's d- leadership right there. Fair to say I was pretty knackered the next day. But, um, yeah, it was. I, I got to live and breathe the culture of the, the Christchurch and Crusaders fans. When I don't know if it was called the state final. It was the one-day final at that stage. They used to have that, that on, and that was on at... Um, Jade Stadium, but they had the cystic fibrosis cricket game, which was rugby players playing cricket. There was more people at that game than there was at the professional cricket <laughs> state final game. Which and immediately you, you, you knew the picking order, knew the picking of, order. of sport. Love of rugby in that region. The tap house will be open now, by the way. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Chris writes, who sums up, I think, neatly uh, how a lot of Warriors fans will feel today uh, after watching that game last night or listening to it on ECNZ. Guys, Ari the Warriors, it was so nice to put it on and just chill, knowing they were going to beat a team in last place, and they should beat. In previous years, you'd have to watch to the end. Uh, Excellent, Chris. Thank you very much for that. And our dear friend in Hawkspace got back to us. Um, I'm the Hawks Bayite here, backing the Chiefs, no question at all. And then it's just one exclamation point. Excellent. Keep your text messages rolling through the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight double three, or pick up the phone, 0800 As far as uh, guests on the show today, Grant, we're going to catch up with Ken Laban. He'll break down this final in a little bit more detail. He'll add some sort of you know, semblance of credibility with regards to X's and O's. We've just been pulling the emotional heartstrings, haven't we? We have been. Um, hey, commiserations on uh, loss tonight, uh, Crusaders fans. Yeah, that's Chiefs, right. Chiefs all the way for me. Uh, Ken Laban will join us in about mm, maybe 10 minutes' time. Uh, catch up with uh, one of the uh, great voices at Sky Sport uh, to look at that game. And after 12 o'clock, we're gonna, we won't gonna won't be a sneak peek because this is radio. You can't really see things. Uh, but you had a sneak peek at an amazing sporting facility that opened officially during the week. We'll catch up with the general manager. who will take us behind the scenes. Tell us all about it. Most world-class sporting facility I've seen in New Zealand. New Zealand Centre Institute of Sport out in Upper Hutt. I was there at the, the grand opening, I guess you call it. The Prime Minister was there. Grant Robertson was there. A number of people that helped put that, that um, facility together. But, I mean, when I mean world-class, the Swedish women's football team will be there um, in the near future for, for the FIFA World Cup to train. Um, and it's going to be one of those facilities where, as a sporting team, you can come out here get everything done close to Brewtown. Um, I don't know if... Oh, that's, that's helpful. 
I don't know if that's uh, you know uh, enhancing for your your ability as a sports person, but what it does have is everything you need. I mean, there's a there's a jet swimming pool um, that you can obviously change. It's almost like the treadmill for swimmers, where coaches can go underneath the pool, look from the side, and see their side motion. The athlete can then stop the jets, have a look at the screen, and look at their form from um, the top, um, get a bird's eye view. Uh, there is squat racks. For to the horizon, painful. that sounds painful. They've got an altitude cycling room. Yes, so they can set it to three thousand meters. Yeah, un- unreal. We altitude training. We should go and do a little bit of training I, I, out I, there I, for the show. I smelled a Grant Elliott challenge, don't you? Well, Jamie, Jamie Tout's going to join us. The general manager. He will. Jamie Tout's come through, and unfortunately, I've got bad news. I've got really bad news, Daniel. Uh, first time in the show, one of our guests hasn't come through. Carmels. I was trying to get Carmels, but he won't come through. Yeah, well, uh, my poor time management skills might have not helped there. So no, that's, no, no, no. He's probably, you know, children's sports on Saturday. But that facility that we'll talk about, um, please do uh, listen to that because this is a facility like I've never seen in New Zealand. I think it's uh, someone's vision uh, or a lot of people's vision where sometimes it's just left on a piece of paper and never gets done. But this was built during COVID as well, which is unbelievable. And what they've produced there is going to be something that will create world-class athletes for the future of New Zealand. Brilliant. Can't wait to speak with Jamie after 12 o'clock. Ken Labour, not too far away. Uh, Right now, though, let's get to the latest in sports headlines at the top of the hour. Great to have your company here on SENZ and the Saturday session. Excitement is building in the Tron ahead of the Super Rugby Pacific Final in Hamilton between the Crusaders and Chiefs. The match is sold out, and the TIB can't split them. Both paying $1.92, that's why we've been asking you to split them. The Crusaders are gunning for the seventh straight title, while the Chiefs are aiming to win their first in a decade since they went back-to-back in the glory days under Dave Rooney of 2012 and 13. They also lost in the 2009 final to, let's be honest, we don't know. It was the Bulls. It was the Bulls. The Bulls put on one of the Best South African teams ever in Super Rugby. That was my old team, the Bulls. Dallin Martinez-Zelesniak scoring four tries. What a greedy so-and-so as the Warriors made it three wins in a row with a 48-14, sorry, 48-18 demolition of the Dragons in Wollongong. The Warriors' ninth win of the season sees them now leap to fourth on the ladder. Looking good for Plows Footy for the first time since 2008. They take on the Rabbitohs next Friday night in Auckland. Full commentary right here on SCNZ. And the Black Sticks means hockey team has suffered a heartbreaking 4-3 defeat to the reigning world champions Germany in the FIH Pro League. Oh, now my memory's coming flooding back of that horrific loss to Germany in the Olympic Games when we conceded two goals in like the last 30 seconds, including one on the stroke of half-time. Oh, doesn't bring back good memory. We were up three goals to one in this game, uh, but three second-half goals for the Germans. The Germans... Lock up your bikes. Um, <clears throat> the Germans are beating New Zealand by four goals to three. You like that one, didn't you? <laughs> I do, because when I was in Holland, and it's not great, but they used to say, give me my grandfather's bicycle back. <laughs> yeah, not cool. Do you have it, the very latest in sports headlines? All right, Grant Elliott, I need to get to a very serious topic. Uh, rub the wrong way. Um, thanks to our dear friends at Rum and Q Award winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. Uh, what's rubbed me the wrong way uh, this week? Well, something that's probably left a lot of us feeling rather uncomfortable, and me in particular rather confused at what else could have been t- uh, happened in this instance. I want to go back to the All Whites abandoning their friendly against Qatar 
um, alleging racist abuse and inaction by officials. The All Whites took the very extraordinary step of refusing to come out after half-time of the game they led one goal to nil. Now, let's, let's not forget the All Whites don't play a lot of games. They're not in winning positions all that often. Um, so it would have been, uh, it is a huge step to have uh, done what they did um, when you add that context into it. Now New Zealand Football put out a short statement on its social media channels in the hours afterwards um, saying Michael Boxer was racially abused during the first half of the game by a Qatari player. The statement said no official action was taken so the team have agreed not to come out for the second half of the match. So they obviously felt the referee heard something, didn't react when, they, when the referee should have acted. Uh, Andy Pregner was the CEO of New Zealand Football, then later a- uh, added, it was a significant racial slur. He claimed the uh, sport, football, globally has an issue with racism and it needs to be acted on and that it is an issue which has historically not been acted on fast enough. I w- can I add in? I think it's a societal issue too. Not, not just footballs. Not just footballs. Um, Andy Pregnell also felt that uh, what the team did was a significant statement and he was very pl- proud of the players. He also urged FIFA leadership to take a stand against racism. Um, but what response have we had from the overlords at FIFA? Not, not a whole heap. Now, can I add some more context in? Just a few days before this actually happened, uh, FIFA um, went to great lengths of crowing about how they want to stamp out racism in football. And in fact, ironically, how they want referees to stop football games when racism occurs. The FIFA chief executive, Gianni Infantino, the hood as we call him on this program, uh, says zero tolerance approach must be taken when racism happens in matches at all levels. Okay? He also met Real Madrid's Vinicius Jr., to discuss racism in the sport after the Brazilian international spoke out after he's been targeted on numerous occasions by crowds in Spain this past European season. And I mean targeted. Mon- monkey chanting from hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people at time. Uh, I think Vinicius Jr. is um, one of the most important people in world sport at the moment for what he's doing. But I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, the FIFA chief labelled the racists criminals and said football authorities have to shoulder responsibility. Okay. So they want refs to stop football matches and there is protocol in place for when crowds chant racist things. You warn, you stop the game, and if it carries on, you abandon the game. There's protocols and the referees have been encouraged to do it. But what happens in this instance between New Zealand and Qatar, right? And this is where I get a bit lost. What happens when one player accuses of another player on the field as happened? Um, Well, it seems not much. Because really... It comes a matter of he said, he said, and hearsay, doesn't it? And if, now let me stress the word if, and if the referee didn't hear any abuse, what is he or she supposed to do? I'm not sure there is anything they can do unless you're going to mic referees up or mic all players up. Yeah. And you're only going to do that at the, at the really pointy end. You're not going to be able to do that through right throughout the grassroots levels. But what if the referee had heard something? What if? And did nothing. That, for me, would be the most troubling thing for it. Um, this is challenging. This is an uncomfortable topic. But one that doesn't present an easy fix. And that's why I'm feeling you know, a little bit uncomfortable. Because the Qataris have come out defended their player. I have no reason not to believe Michael Boxall and, and the All Whites. Absolutely no reason. It's just not how they've operated over the years. 
But if you can't prove it, you can't prove it, can you? Hence why probably silence will continue from FIFA, who said they're aware of it, but aren't you know, going to launch an official um, investigation. So that's what's rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, thanks to Rum and Q. Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rub sauces and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. If you've got something that's rubbed you the wrong way, uh, let us know because you can win a wonderful prize pack. Uh, thanks to the uh, glorious team at Rum and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces and seasonings. What did you make of that? I'm a, I must admit, I'm not condoning racism. Obviously not. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's horrific when you, you talk about, you know, the monkey chants and just things that, that get said on the field of play. I mean, you know, I was subjected to a number of things on the field and you just kind of, you get used to it and you just have to box on, you know. I think... The important thing that you don't you, have to though, do you? Well, I mean, you can't walk off because the thing is, is that, like you said, how do you police it? How do you know that the referee has heard it? And also, the referee might be in a different language. You know, things get said and misconstrued yeah, in different right. languages. And, and me reading between it's the lines, context. Me reading between the lines here, the, the all whites feel the referee heard something. Yeah, so you go up to the referee and go, "Hey, he said this." You know, like, I don't think you can police it. That's the problem. And it becomes such a gray area walking off the field. I just think that it's not a, com a conversation you have. I think you've got to start with the fans um, and the players need to conduct themselves. Players will sort it out off the field. There'll be something off the field where you walk into a change room and you say, I'm calling out this person and you can actually have a crack at them and be backed up by you know, teammates or whatever. I, I think that that gets sorted out off the park, which is what we're seeing in the Ashes uh, media. But I think that in this instance, like you said, it's just such a grey area that like you, you don't know if the referee can choose to not hear it. Say, oh, I never, you know, I didn't hear that. Sorry. And you don't know if they have or have not. So I just Well, think I'm sorry. If, if I'm a judge and I've got two teams who are arguing both sides, who can, who can I trust? Yeah. It's so much responsibility comes to the, to the referee being brave enough to make a decision if they actually heard it. So I like the fact that the All Whites have taken a stance on racism, but to walk off the field, I just think like you, you're saying there, I don't think you can police it and actually prove it. Unless and that's what makes me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. I'm not offering a solution here that is in any way satisfactory. Which means that it can carry on on the field of play, but I think it's the fans. The fans are the big ones. I think you can police that. Um, and you can yeah, I, I, I'm appalled what that guy has suffered. Yeah. And the, um, the, the whole shrugging of the shoulders from a lot of people um, you know, within the Spanish community that I've heard. Ah, it's not a big deal. This is the way we do it. Come on. Yeah. Monkey chanting? Like, give me strength. Anyway, what's rubbed you the wrong way? Uh, we've got a prize pack thanks to Rum and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. It can be serious. It can be light-hearted. Just let us know. Double eight, double three. You've got to the end of the show to get in and on at the action. We will take a, a short break. I'll throw to Tim's text message. I'm shocked that FIFA would seem hypocritical on any issue ever. Right, Tim. Completely understand your perspective there. Um, the great Ken Laban joins us after the break. 20 minutes after 11 o'clock, Grant Elliott got a very special guest uh, ready in the poised position to join us. We're on his streets right now. We he are. Is, he is Mr. Lowerheart, really. Oh, Mr. Wainui Empire as well. In fact, when I started playing at Nine Eye Cricket, um, I met Ken. Yeah, he came and had a look at the indoor facility there. I'm sure he doesn't remember it. No, he won't. I do. You, I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He is the legend that is Ken Laban from Sky Sport. Ken, great to hear your voice, my friend. How you doing? 
G'day, Ken. Yeah, no, very good. Very good. Thanks, Grant. Yep, very nice to be on your show, Daniel. It's good to hear from you. You keeping out of mischief? I'm not, well, mate, I'm talking to you live and exclusive from the tighter nipple clubs. <laughs> yeah. Our Lady of the Rosaries is just about to play, I think, Sacred Heart in the year eight nipple. So the, the Battle of the Catholics, my granddaughter is a wing attack. So I feel closer to heaven already. What what yeah. uh, you know? What player would she model herself on? Um, looking at her now, probably not a netball. Looking at her, you want to know? Maybe she might be a Laura. She might be a Laura Langman. Who knows? Oh, who knows? Yeah. Great save there, Granddad. Great save. Yeah. Has, have the nails exactly. been filed back? Have those weapons <laughs> yeah. been trimmed back on the hands? Yeah, all of that, yeah. Yeah, Papa, can I get ice cream after? <laughs> yeah, sure, dear. Yeah, all, all of that. What's, a, what's <laughs> the score, Ken? Do you even do you even know what the score is? <laughs> he doesn't care. He no. doesn't care, no, right, does he? <laughs> did I get is there three point goals? No, there's not, is there? No, there's no line on there. Yeah. No. Ken, let's get to the game tonight. In a lot of ways, it's the game this competition deserves, right? They are the two best teams, no question. Yes, they are. Um, and in some ways, it's uh, it's another defining moment for the history of the competition as well. You know, the, probably, the uh, what in my view, the greatest super rugby coach, the greatest franchise, uh, the greatest number 10 uh, that's, played, that's played super rugby, leading them to their seventh consecutive... Uh, final and up against the uh, Chiefs. And bearing in mind that, you know, we all take what we want out of stats, but I think it's like 64% of teams that win the Super Rugby title um, have the best attack at the end of the regular season. And uh, that's the Chiefs um, this year. The Crusaders are second um, in attack. So in terms of, um, you know, what the stats tell us historically and and the recent form that both teams bring in, um, to the competition, sets up a fascinating final for tonight. I don't know what to make of a 50-point win in the semi-final by the Crusaders last week. Um, is that a triumph for a tragedy leading into a final today? Uh, tonight, should I say, versus the Chiefs, who um, had to scrap um, tooth and nail to get there uh, in the end, so they had the tougher road in terms of competition and physicality to make the um, final tonight. So, Certainly contrasting performances in the semi, but uh, I agree 100%, mate. The two best teams uh, and the two best coaches uh, in the final tonight. So, Ken, you've got the, the two best teams going head-to-head, two best coaches going head-to-head. What do you see as a, a, a decent head-to-head to watch on the field? Would it be Damien McKenzie and, and Moanga? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Richie probably hasn't got, in my view... Um, hasn't got the recognition that he's deserved for the quality yeah. um, of his achievements over the last seven seasons. He's had to play very much in the shadow of um, Bowden and Damien in terms of our comparisons. And then Daniel towards uh, the end, you know, and he's, as you know, he's an enormous uh, manner and figure over uh, over our game. But you don't succeed at Super Rugby level without a world-class number 10 um, just to make the final and just to win it. But for him... You know, um, six finals, six championship medals with the potential to win uh, the seventh. In my view, he's the best number 10 I've ever seen in the professional game. 
Um, wow. Richie Moonga and Damien McKenzie, obviously, from next year, Damien will be the new number 10 um, for the All Blacks. Uh, so that's a triumph and a tragedy as well. Uh, Grant, in my view, you know, I would have thought, and I know that Scott Robertson have a very strong view on it, but I thought for the sake of the All Blacks that Richie and Daniel, they would be a fantastic 2-10, combination for the All Blacks, but of course Richie's headed to Japan. Mm, interesting. Sam Kane plays the 150th game for the Chiefs tonight. This happens to be um, a Super Rugby final as well. This guy was criticised so heavily last year. I, I thought a lot of it was unfair as well. He was down on form last year. I, I don't think anyone um, will argue otherwise. His response in 2023, uh, sorry, Ken, how do you judge it? Oh, he's been fantastic uh, the last couple of uh, the last couple of seasons. You will get no greater endorsement of um, of Sam Kane as a player, as an All Black, and as a captain than what the senior players have said publicly um, about him and about his leadership. And we all know that the leadership group in the All Blacks has enormous influence um, over the big decisions um, that are made, and uh, they're a part of all of those big. Um, decisions of when they all when they all came out um, and publicly endorsed Sam as a player and as a captain, you know that was enough to convince me that you know what we hear and read in the media is not always true. Uh, Ken, is this a is this a great opportunity and platform for Super Rugby, which has taken a lot of flack in the last oh it feels like last month or so? People are talking about rugby losing its glitz and glamour and and shine. Isn't this a great platform for two teams where I feel there's a lot of interest in this game because no one knows who they can pick uh, for a winner, but the sort of game that we want is we want an entertaining one tonight, don't we? Yeah, there is. And it's an interesting point you raised, Grant, about Super Rugby um, and, the, and the loss of uh, the loss of interest. I'm not sure how comfortable I feel that you know three of the teams that made the top eight lost more games that they won um, and, yes. still made, and still made the playoffs. And in a 12-team comp with a top eight, it's a 66% chance of making the playoffs. And to be honest, had the South African franchises been in Super Rugby, none of those three teams would have been in the playoffs. So I think the big challenge for Super Rugby, if they want to build interest, uh, they want to build intensity, and they want to see a more tougher, more uncompromising competition between the top teams, then uh, the South Africans, Australians, and New Zealand um, administrators need to sit in a room, close the door, and work out a plan that will bring the South African teams back in the competition. Because in my view, that's the biggest thing that the competition needs to lift its profile, its interest, and of course the energy that used to come out of that competition. And I think the highest priority for Super Rugby is to get the South African teams back in it next year. Seems unlikely though, doesn't it, Ken? They, they seem quite comfortable playing in the North. Well... You know, that's why we paid them the big bucks, though, isn't it, Daniel, to, you know, come up with bold, innovative and creative ways to grow the game. You know, we don't, at the, at the moment, as Grant has alluded to, you know, all the negativity over the last month, um, and a lot of that is because of the kind of same old, same old um, uh, uh, through to the playoffs. Again, New Zealand have dominated. It's been one-way one way traffic, so to speak. You know, so, you know, if, if, they, if the current administrators can't do it, then we need some new administration. Well said. Ken, the battle of the coaches, fascinating one. Robertson, we, we all know what he's achieved. Um, Clayton McMillan, hey, you know I'm a card-carrying member of his fan club. You know, started him, you know, good bay boy, but saw the light, came to Marist St. Pat's in Wellington. 
Uh, got his spurs moved on. So I'm call- calling it the future All Blacks coach up against the future, future All Blacks coach. So it's just another little uh, subplot to this game. Yeah, Clayton McMillan, mate, he'll be the first Māori to coach the All Blacks. No, I don't, of that, I don't have any question. Um, and I know you've, you know, I know there's a close affiliation and huge support um, for Clayton. <laughs> and those of us, those of us that know him well, um, yeah. and I put myself in that category as well, are well aware of his um, of his detail um, and his level and quality of planning. Uh, the people that he surrounds himself with, the culture that exists uh, within the team. Uh, and, of course, the way that they play. And bearing in mind, he walked into that Chiefs organisation when they were a train wreck. They were 0-8 when he, um, when he walked in um, to the team. And essentially, with the same group, he's been able to turn them around. And out of that, been a number of new All Blacks, um, a winning record three consecutive years. And, um, and now they're in the Super Rugby Pacific uh, final. I think he's absolutely going to be coach of the year in 2023, Clayton McMillan, regardless of the result um, tonight. I think he's done a fantastic job. And as you say, he he is a future all-black coach, Clayton McMillan. Okay, Ken, with all your experience, many games that you've watched, real feel for the outcome. How's this game going to play out? What do you think? Well, mate, you'll have to ask someone smarter than me, but, you know, history (laughs) says it's going to be, history says it's going to be the Crusaders. Uh, form, but you know, form says it's going to be the Chiefs. Uh, I'm not smart enough to decide which one it's going to be. Um, either way, it's going to be a magnificent, an absolutely magnificent achievement for whichever organisation wins tonight. Lastly, Ken, how's Timapara Langman Laban performing at wing attack? Um, not too bad if, if feedings. Not too bad. I, I, I could probably teach you a thing or two what she could do with her elbows, but otherwise it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and feeding too. <laughs> and feeding right. at the buffet. Right. All right, fella. Right. Great, to, right, great to have you on the show, Ken. And we'll Thanks, catch up Ken. with you again real soon, I hope. Take it easy. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime, boys. Cheers. Ken Laven joining us live from the netball courts, watching his <laughs> granddaughter in action. You can you can see why he almost became a politician. Danced around that prediction question quite perfectly, Did, didn't he? Uh, yeah, magnificent. Sort of left you on the, the edge of your seat, going, "I still don't know who's going to win." And that's th- why it's a dollar ninety-two. He and then threw an elbow. Yeah. And then threw an elbow. Um, love to get your thoughts. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. It is twenty-nine minutes away from twelve o'clock. Uh, after 12, we're going to talk about the amazing uh, new sporting, world-class sporting facility that uh, was opened uh, during the week and has its official open day today. Jamie Tao is the general manager. He joins us. Uh, but after the break, uh, I'll start picking Grant's mind about some cricket. The Ashes. Oh, game it's number, all happening. Game number one is now in the books, as they say. Uh, we'll get Grant's thoughts on that after this break. 24 minutes away from 12 o'clock. Well, no one was blue last weekend, were they? They were supporting the Blues, and then they were blue afterwards. And I think someone's actually texted in. Yeah, what rubs me the wrong way is the Blues being called the Blues. They played like they had the Blues pre-game. Change the name, please. Also, the Kiwis losing to Latvia in the darts after being up 2-0 and losing 4-2, missing out on a chance to play England in the next round. Texan Richard. We had to check. It's definitely not Ben Francis. Yeah, I mean, that's bizarre. He would change them to the orange road cones, wouldn't he? 
the Kiwis losing to Latvia in the darts. I mean, that's great knowledge of darts. I mean, you definitely follow. Did you know that, Ben Francis? Did yeah, you know that of the course. Kiwis lost to Latvia? The only bit of sport I saw last weekend was that game. <laughs> well, while I was wait, while I was waiting for a ferry ride, and I tuned in because I, I I had to we we had wow. to drive to the ferry, and then I, I got out the that's car, great. put it on. New Zealand were up two 0 fantastic, and then they go and lose. So I don't know what that says. What but channel was it on? Was, was it Sky, on Facebook or Sky Sport Nine? YouTube? I think it was. But oh, wow. La- 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 Latvia, he, to, he didn't message us and say the darts is on. Latvia, yeah, thanks for that. Latvia has a player that is ranked inside the top 32 in the world, um, whilst New Zealand doesn't have anybody on the professional tour. So okay. uh, I just wanted to say, though, real quickly, if if you are not a fan of the Blues, I highly recommend listening to the, the last episode of Blues Brothers because for one hour, Steve Devine got an absolute roasting on the phones. Oh, did he? We we had so many calls for Blues Brothers. It, w- it was actually kind of scary how many people were phoning in. Well, it means they care. It does. And Steve Devine was getting a roasting, especially from a former yeah. Hurricane and Gordon Simpson. Ah, the badger. The badger badgering him. Uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, excellent. Really enjoyed those shows throughout the year. Well done to everyone involved. And good on you, Steve, for, for taking a fair bit of our stick. Uh, yeah, rub the wrong way. We'll put Tim in. Tim, I think it was Tim. He's in the mix. Uh, anything else that has rubbed you the wrong way, let us know. Double eight, double three. You all go into the draw to win a wonderful prize back. Thanks to the awesome team at Rum and Q. Um, Rum and Q, award-winning rubs, sauces, and seasonings. All right, Grant Elliott, let's talk some international cricket. Um, the Ashes in particular. Did it deliver to the drama promised? The greatest show in town. Turned up, didn't it, Grant? It turned up in spades as Australia snuck home, winning a very tight one by two wickets, chasing down 282 for the loss of eight. It had to deliver, Daniel. Do you know why? Do you know how much it is for a box we, on the we, first day at the Lords? Because we're told that it's the greatest thing. It's the greatest contest of all to, time. We had to debate last week, and I lost, and I had to argue it is the greatest Lose again. cricketing rivalry. So it's do you know it's fifty five thousand pounds for one of those boxes. What for a day? What what box? What what? It's one of the the VIP boxes at Lords. So day one, Lords Ashes fifty five thousand pounds. I think it's twenty people. So if it didn't live up to the hype, you'd be a little bit gutted spending that amount of money going to Lords, and hopefully it doesn't rain for those people. But it is it, the the well, media the only. The only- benefit to it raining is you, you can just focus on the bar and food to hopefully make your 55,000 bucks back. Well, you'd hope it's all inclusive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, the media hype around the Ashes game has been phenomenal. The talk about baseball, obviously England losing, you know, 17 test matches, then finally winning one with Baz and then just going on this run of form that they've never seen. The Balmy Army getting behind them at Edgebaston. The Hollies packed out with the Barmy Army. Um, I did see something quite funny. Uh, them taunting Steve Smith on the boundary, singing, We saw you cry on the telly, cry on the telly. And I think Pat Cummins stitched uh, Steve Smith up by sending him to the, uh, to the boundary there. They also had Travis Head. They were singing, Where's your head at? So the Barmy Army really getting into it, and uh, home home advantage is massive for the English team. But there's a lot of banter, and I think one of the most pivotal moments in 
the Ashes Test match that I think just set the scene. There was two things that vividly on day one I remember and we discussed. Crawley's shot, the first shot of the day. First ball of the Ashes. First ball of the Ashes, crunching cover drive for four. It just sort of, you know, showed their intent. They're like, right, this is how we're going to play. And then the declaration. So the declaration, which a lot of people, I saw Mark Butcher saying he disagrees with it, Michael Vaughan saying he disagreed with it. We disagreed with we it disagreed last Saturday. With it as well. Only reason why we disagreed is if number, you know, 10 and 11 were in or 9 and 10 were in. One um, guy's on 100 plus. Yes, Joe Root, one of the, he is the best test batter in the world at the moment. So he's just uh, usurped uh, Manus Labuschagne. And, um, because Manus can't play every test in Australia. No. Uh, ball's swinging a bit. And Root's on 118 not out. He's playing he reverse scooping and, you know, he's got his iron with a new Duke ball. Everyone's saying they could have got another 50 to 70 runs more. And all they did was take 10 minutes out of the game. No one would have predicted there was bad weather on day five. So that added to the drama of the result as well. When I went to, to bed on day four and Aussie needed 170 runs with seven wickets in hand, I was like, okay, well, I think, you know, th- this is Aussie's game to lose from that position. But they fought back, you know, uh, probably uncharacteristic for a lot of English teams in the past, besides the Freddie Flintoff, Kevin Peterson era, Michael Vaughan era. I think that, you know, everyone sort of just expects the English team to sort of wither and die, but they they fight till the bitter end. And um, seven runs ahead in the first innings and, you know, doing what they did, they've set the scene for Lords. And Zach Crawley, one of the young players, has already come out and said, oh, I think we'll win that one by 150 runs. Pitch will suit us more. James Anderson came out, said that that pitch was like kryptonite for him, uh, basically saying that... It was flat! did nothing, yes. <laughs> we, we said that we were messaging each other after about three overs. Now, this is a flat as a pancake. Again, another reason why we felt the declaration was a little bit odd. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this is being overlooked. This is England's scorecard from the, the second innings. 19, 14, 46, 46, 43, 20, 19, 27, 10, 12. Yeah. But I, that's also, one. I think that that's what... I liked what Michael Vaughan said. Michael Vaughan said, Basball is great. And we'll discuss a little bit more about Basball. But I think he talks about the aggressive nature of the players. He said it's great, but there's a time to use Basball and there's a time when you don't. And I think with Test cricket, this is the... I guess the difficult thing about discussing baseball and taking that, that slant on every delivery you face. Yep. Sometimes it's the bowler's day. But it's a five-match series. They need to win the series. And it's five days of cricket. Can you play at that intensity for five days? Or do you choose moments in the game? And I think that maybe that's where this English team is going to start going, is they're going to start selecting. They know that the level of aggression they can play at at certain times, and they've got the confidence and they've got the rope from their coach and selectors to play in that manner. But there's times where you, you shouldn't be playing in that way because you're setting up the game for the next day, for example. And, um, yeah, I, I mean... And the other question we raised last Saturday, where are they getting 20 wickets from, Grant? Yes. Where are they getting... Tw- I'm talking England here. If they produce flat wickets, they need a spinner. 18. 18 wickets. Um we could hark back to the incredible test against New Zealand at the Basin Reserve. Let's not forget, New Zealand got 483 in their second innings. Same attack? 
Leach was playing that yeah, game, Leach wasn't played. he? He bowled a lot of overs, yeah. 61 overs. So that against that's, New Zealand, that's the five. one. That's the one big difference, though, between these two teams now, is if they produce a flat wicket, a good batting surface, that they can play an attacking brand, they need a spinner who's going to bowl a lot of overs. or something. Because you look at Scotty Boland or Boland or whatever his surname is from Australia. I hope I've pronounced that correct, Boland. Um, he went at 5.65 runs and over. Now, he was more your banker, the guy that was going to be bowling a lot of overs, that tie up one end and get some wickets here and there. But now... They've left out Mitchell Stark on a flat one. Now they're thinking of maybe, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back in, depending on what this wicket's like. If it's moving around a bit, Boland plays. But if it's not, you bring back Stark, brings in maybe a little bit of reverse swing, pace, bounce, all of that that X factor that he brings to the game. But the, if it nibbles around, Boland's going to yeah, be pretty challenging. The massive value for Australia is Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon... Um, He's so good, mate. And... and on a flat wicket, you want your spinner bowling a lot of overs. You want to rotate the quicks from the other end. And the fact that Nathan Lyon, you know, produced the goods once again, they had Mo and Ali. And I don't know if you saw what happened to Mo and Ali. For those listeners that weren't watching, he basically had a hole in his finger because he hadn't, he'd been playing T20 cricket with a kookaburra ball, doesn't have a pronounced seam. And the kookaburra ball doesn't rub as uh, harshly against your skin. As the Duke does. And after the first innings, Mo and Ali had basically eroded his skin away, and then he had put a substance on the skin, which I can only think is super glue, because a lot of spinners used to do that pre-season, just to cover the wound. And um, yeah, he was, uh, wasn't was allowed to do that. So you're not allowed to put anything foreign um, on your finger. So I don't know if he'll be ready for this next test. Um, and it, it has a huge effect on whether you can spin the ball or not. I think he played well with bat and ball, but he's not a Nathan Lyon. And Nathan Lyon on a flat wicket is the one uh, factor that's going to be uh, going against uh, England and just the flow of the game. Eight wickets in the match, four yeah. in each innings. And, and the Lyon. flow of the game, you can then rotate your quicks from one end. They're going to be fit. They're going to they're gonna feel energised. And in a five-match series, you actually have to look after your bowlers, either rotate them or look after the overs that they're going to bowl. So fascinating to see what pitch they produce. And Brendan McCullum's come out and said, well, I don't think we were aggressive enough. So he says that they can expect even more aggression in this next test. It's going to be fascinating. We can't wait to bring you all the action right here on SENZ and all of the banter. Did you find it hilarious, all the Australians clutching their pearls at Ollie Robinson giving someone a send-off? Usman Kawaja, brilliant, by the way. Absolutely magnificent, wasn't he, in that test series? But it's so funny that people have, you know, you know, <laughs> sorry. Well, can, I, can, I know we've got people listening in Australia. But, like, can I mention seriously? what Matthew like, Hayden said about Ollie Robinson? Seriously. Like, come on, Australia. Are you utterly tone deaf? Are you, are you completely blind to what's happened over the last three generations? Anyway. <laughs> well, I loved what Matthew Hayden said. He said, the other bloke, he's a forgettable cricketer, fast bowler that's bowling 124-kilometre nude nuts, and he's got a mouth from the south. Someone like him, you can just go, brother, I'm coming at you. Davey Warner would, can do that, right? He no, because he's say, got out the previous over to Stuart Broad again. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Hados. <laughs> no, and I don't care he bowls 124k nude nuts. He's averaging 21 with 70 test wickets. He's, he's a good bowler. He is averaging 21. Uh, but... Ollie Robinson has become the new, is it outlaw for, for, for the Australian fans? He's been throwing his mouth off uh, in all the press conferences. 
And if I was the English team, I'd just keep throwing him into the press conferences <laughs> to make comments because it seems to be... He even brought Ricky Ponting into the fight. Well, we'll get to Ricky Ponting after 12 o'clock. Punter ball. Apparently punter ball is better than Baz ball. He turned that it w- down. That was an interesting one. We'll get Grant's thoughts on that. Uh, we can't wait to bring you the series and see how it plays out. It's almost 10 minutes away from 12 back after the break. Highly recommend you get amongst our uh, wonderful uh, team at Rum and Q and try their magnificent products. Award-winning rubs, sauces and seasonings. And thankfully, thankfully, thanks to them, we've got a prize pack to give away. To everyone who uh, texts in and plays our little game, Rub the Wrong Way, what's rubbed you the wrong way, can be serious, can be mirthful, can be whatever you want. Just uh, text us to double eight double three. Everyone goes in the mix to win uh, some award-winning rubs, um, sauces and seasonings. Experience Rum and Q's award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces and seasonings. Absolutely perfect for any occasion. Let's get to a couple of those messages. Uh, someone here, Grant writes, uh, text, what rubs me the wrong way? Use the last of my softcock on my pork shoulder for tonight's game. Top rub. We'll need to go replenish. Go the mighty Chiefs. Well, uh, that's from MC Pukakoi, a previous winner. Good on you, Puk- uh, MC. You can't... I can't get enough of my soft cock either, mate. Absolutely. It's magnificent. Put it on every bit of white meat. Brilliant. That's right. I thought the soft cock was just for the chicken. It's just for white meat. Coquin. Is it coquin? I don't even know what well, the French What colour is pork? Uh, yeah, it is. Is it a red meat? It looks red at the start, doesn't it? Pink at the start. Ends up white. That's the blood. Just whack it on the braai. On the braai and barbecue. And we've got Tim here. I'm feeling a little miffed, rubbed the wrong way. After all these Auckland fans were all chirping last week, and there was a lot of them, seemed to have moved to Australia. <laughs> they will not answer my messages this week. It's obviously a good Crusaders fan winding up the other uh, boots. We'll chuck you in the draw too, Tim. I absolutely love that. Keep your text rolling through to... Double eight, double three. Jamie Tout's going to join us in the next hour. Talk about this amazing new facility, world-class sporting facility that's opened just a few k's up the road from us in Upper Hutt. Grant was at the opening with the Prime Minister and Deputy, rubbing shoulders with them all. Prime Minister was there with me. <laughs> People have Grant's rubbed the wrong way. Sporting punch you should probably run a mile from. We will cl- catch up with Clado and the, the good oiled crew. That is all still to come. It is nearly four away from 12. We're into the afternoon. Afternoon. We're into the afternoon. Ben played that for me, didn't he? Oh, you can tell Ben's back. He's hit the Ben, the ben bangers this weekend, hasn't he? Yeah. Why mess with perfection? He's been on it. And they've been positive tunes. You've been unusually positive today. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Let me bring it down. Is there anything more boring, <laughs> in, more boring in sport than the jersey unveiling? I'm just watching Stan Sport, uh, Australian rugby coverage, the announce, the, the, the revealing of the Australian rugby jersey for the Rugby World Cup. I'm stunned that they've gone with some sort of yellowy thing. <laughs> did, did you see that coming? I've, I actually never knew that there was a jersey unveiling on yeah. TV. This is the first oh, the time I've seen it. are a shocker at it. Well, and it's oh, it's black. going to be blacker than black. It'll be the blackest jersey ever. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't look Am yellow. I right, that... Ben? Is there anything more boring than a jersey unveiling in sport? Or a, st- a strip unveiling? You know, like the last English Premier League game of the season where they wear their, you know, they, they tease their kit for next season. Uh, I, I, Grant just said it off here. I think maybe a draft. Ooh, NBA draft. I, I watched for the first time. I watched the the 2023 draft, and um, 
I don't know. It's just I've got a problem with these young athletes. It was a guy. His name was Grady Dick. Oh no! And, no no no! And he was Has this um, rubbed you the wrong way. Is this uh, your rubs you the no, right way? No, this isn't, but it should have been. Okay, this was a close contender. And they go behind the scenes as to, you know, what he was like at university. And I'm not too sure how it works in terms of like, and even how much they were picked for in the draft. But I know the average NBA player gets $8.3 million. And um, anyway, he got picked. He was wearing a red sequined jacket. And then behind the scenes, he was talking about how he's got a pet Bengal cat that he takes to the games on a leash. Um, and then there was another well, player. Like a tiger. Yeah, no, just like a, a little. No, like a domestic cat. Like a. Oh right, right. Reed was being. Well, that's off. weird to yeah. put it on a leash and take it anywhere. Yeah, and then there was another player who's age nineteen who had you know a diamond encrusted necklace with you know the, the number two on it, and I was just I just thought this. You is, old man. Well, it's not a great um, advertisement for for sports. Sports aspiring sports people. I think it's about more than that. It's about the skills, and I don't know. I just want to see a little bit more humility. So it did rub me rub me up the wrong way, um, and I didn't actually know how much they went for either. Do they give the Do they give the actual salaries? That yeah, they, they go do. For? They they have slots. So the n- n- number one draftee will get X amount of dollars throughout his first contract. Number two, number three, they go down the scale. Right. Or what I find, I I I don't mind it. I think it's fun for it's worth is you know apparently a generational talent um who went at the top of the draft I'm, i always wait and see because i look at last year's draft how, how many above average nba players at this season were there well actually the stats tell us not many in the top 10 mm. so it's just a one-off mate enjoy it for what it is yeah be authentic what, are, are be authentic there's the, guy, the photo are you talking about the guy who was wearing the the red sort of emeraldy yes Suit. Yeah. Well, he's from Kansas, mate. And it was a joke on Dorothy in the red shoes, right? Was it? Wasn't it? I'm pretty <laughs> oh, no. sure it was. Come on. Like in, in, you know, you're not in Kansas no more, mate. That's why I've got my Dorothy-inspired suit on. Maybe I'm just making it up. Uh, yeah. Four minutes after 12 o'clock. Um, Jamie Tout's going to join us in just a moment talk about an amazing sporting facility. But before that, uh, let's update you in the latest in sports headlines. Uh, Grant Elliott has denied rumours that he is heading to the Saudi Arabian Football League like everyone else in the world. He will not be following Premier League star um, Ruben Neves, who's leaving. Yeah, this is one of the more unusual ones because he's actually right in his prime. I think he's about 25 years of age. He was linked to Barcelona a couple of weeks ago, but he is joining Al-Hilal in in a deal worth uh, apparently close to 100 million New Zealand pesos, Grant. Earlier this month, Karim Benzema left Real Madrid, former... Um, joining his former teammate Cristiano Ronaldo there, uh, Chelsea and Leicester Premier League winner N'Golo Kante, um, while fellow Chelsea teammates uh, Eduard Mendy and um, Koulibaly apparently are also on the way, close to getting deals. That is quite an interesting story of what's happening in Saudi Arabia for sure because uh, the Saudi Arabian government has basically nationalised the top four clubs. And just allowing them access to the... Um, the fund. Yeah, to their investment fund. That's incredible. I mean, you know, they can just throw money at anyone. Well, what did well, they, Messi turn down? Well, $1.8 you know, They're trying to t- find ways to diversify their economy. Yes. Because I don't know if you've heard, but oil yeah, will run right. out. Yeah. Gas will run out, won't it? So I, I think this is uh, one of their um, 
ideas of diversifying their economy and also washing things, you know, through sport. Um, excitement is building in Hamilton because it is a Saturday night and they love going out. Oh, and there's also a rugby game later this evening at the Super Rugby Final in Hamilton, Grant, between your Crusaders and my Chiefs. The match is sold out. TRB can't split them. Dollar ninety-two apiece. The Crusaders getting for their seventh straight title. The Chiefs are aiming for their first win in a decade. And Dallin Watini Zalesniak scored four tries as the uh, Warriors made it three wins in a row. Big one last night over the Dragons. Forty-eight points to eighteen. They are now fourth on the ladder. Take on South Sydney Rabbitohs next Friday evening in Auckland. There, are the latest in your sports headlines. The tap house is open. The tap house is definitely open. Are we We're tapping in? When we phoned them earlier, it just rang through, but they, they were opening at 11. Yeah, that, and yeah. I reckon there'll be a lot of Chiefs fans okay. there now just pouring their first one, getting ready for 7 p.m. But we've got an even more a special guest today. He's been on the show before. Jamie Tout was talking about the, the visions of this new sporting complex that is out, the NZCIS, at an upper hut. Good friend and I'd, I'd say almost a visionary. Jamie spoke to me about this complex almost five, six years ago, and you wondered if it would ever happen, even during COVID, and they've achieved some amazing things. I was at the opening. Jamie, welcome to the show again. It's great to have you on. Morning, mate. How you doing? We are good. We are very, very good. It's been a long time coming, but... Sorry, carry on, Jamie. Has Grant seriously got a red and black on now? Is he he wearing the Crusaders jersey? I'm just a bit in disbelief. No, no, Jamie, we, we have a segment called Fact or Fiction on the show where basically Ben and us uh, come up with a topic that, you know, there's both sides of an argument on and that Grant and I are never really sure what side of the argument. Then we toss a coin <laughs> to see uh, what side of the argument that we have to take. So Grant, well, the, we didn't really toss the coin today. It just fell out of my hand and landed on heads. So Grant had to be <laughs> Team Crusaders. And I'm Team Chiefs. I'm a Chiefs uh, man. And, and I've, promised, I've promised the Chiefs victory... And a title celebration where it doesn't involve the bus driver getting blamed for, um, you know, uh, poorly behaved rugby players. Um, it's a new era at the Chiefs. <laughs> and I tried to book a table at the Tap House in Hamilton for, for you 23 <laughs> players under Robertson. <laughs> but we haven't got through to them yet. Too good. Too good. We will do. We will get that there. We'll get there. All good. Hey, for those... Um, who don't know about NZCIS and the facility that you have uh, built out there that was opened during the week that you've got your opening day, uh, which I think starts in 22 minutes' time. If anyone's near Upper Hutt and wants to go check it out, today is the day. Because this is an astonishing piece of um, infrastructure now for New Zealand sport. Yeah, look, 100%, mate. And it's, uh, it is the vision of uh, Malcolm Gillies and Kevin Melville, uh, particularly... Uh, Mal and Kev drove it since 2016 where the site had been dormant for about 15, 16 years since the old CIT, the Central Institute of Technology, is shut down. And I think most Wellingtonians, one way or the other, they'll have a memory of that, whether they should have been on site for the night or, or not. They might have been through the boarding houses or over to the tow trailer, over to the tote. But, yeah, pretty bloody exciting, mate. It's <laughs> come to fruition and, uh, yeah, Mal and Kev have been driving it. Jamie, uh Thanks for inviting me to the Open Day. Was I one of the most special guests there, or what number was I on the list? Yeah, and thanks for not inviting me. <laughs> I would have said no. Oh, McCarty. I'm sure Grant was supposed to pass that on to you, mate. Sincere apologies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, after he bagged me about my coffees during the week, I forgot to, forgot to invite him. See, I well, knew Jamie fair. would invite me, because Jamie's a good guy with common sense. Yes. Now, you were on the invite list, but I don't know where that went. Um, Thank you. 
No, look, Thank you, Grant. Was definitely up there, mate. I, I've got to say, we had some very special guests. We had uh, Prime Minister was there, and uh, the Honourable Gar- Grant Robinson was there. I think one of the showstoppers, though, to be fair, was uh, Precious McKenzie. Um, Precious yeah. has uh, come down from Auckland. Just an absolute gentleman. Uh, we've got Precious as our gym uh, legacy athlete. So Precious has got his name attached to the gym. And we pick people like Pre- Precious because we want to be seen to be like them. Just people that have got huge amount of resilience, have overcome adversity, just good humans. And uh, Precious of under five foot tall and a guy who I think a lot of Kiwis have got fond memories of winning Commonwealth medals for us and just an absolute champion. So he was here and he, he created a big impression. I, I love Precious McKenzie. He's without doubt my favourite South African-born New Zealander. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> <laughs> did you get to meet Precious? I did. I, I got to meet Precious. Precious and, is a um, legend. I'm, I'm so a, jealous. I'm, I, I'm now angry with you, Grant. Yeah. No, I must say, uh, the, the attention to detail that Jamie and his team put in not only this facility, but also the open day, and walking around the facility... Um, seeing, you know, the accommodation, the uh, conference centres that they've done, uh, all the dining, catering, the the small little coffee shops, and like it truly is, and I I can't speak highly enough about the the weight section. It's intimidating, Daniel McCarty, even intimidating for you. But the squat racks and just how immense it is, there's everything there for you as an athlete. And, Jamie, tell me if I'm wrong because I know how much effort you've put in and the number of – special equipment uh, you have placed in there, like the cryo chambers, etc. But there's no excuse for you as an athlete to not be world-class if you brought up in this facility. Yeah, look, I think, TS, it's a bit like um, we've built an awesome racetrack and the Hurricanes, the Phoenix and Wellington Rugby, they're, they're the vehicles that are driving around the track and the, the athletes are seriously the drivers. So, yeah, the environment's here, and I was speaking to Tony Philp, uh, GM of Hurricanes Rugby, uh, yesterday. He talked about, look, we've got a, an amazing asset here. It's just now how do we get that connection and, and culture that uh, can really make the best of it. And I think um, Philpy's on a very similar page to someone like a Mike Krong, the, the, the guru of uh, New Zealand scrummaging over the years. It's all about getting the athlete, the, uh, the stock on the farm. And that's what we really hope, that the, the stock now on, on this farm can really benefit from having all the tools there. And um, what we're already seeing is some really, really good efficiencies in the day where people's days are becoming shorter because they're not doing the transit times it's been built to size and scale where they're not waiting for equipment. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bloody exciting. From the sports science side, you know, walk us through. To those who might, who might be listening right now have no idea what you've built there. You know, what's available to some of these athletes? Yeah, cool. So, mate, uh, when you walk in, the first thing you'll notice is about 208 new digital screens on the wall. Now, that's not just so we're a clean skin environment where one day you can be Coke and the next day Pepsi. But what it helps us do is create visibility uh, for the athletes. They can create competitions between themselves. They walk in. When they do their lifting in the racks, they can see leaderboards with how they're compared to their, their peers. Uh, we've, if you turn left instead of right, you've got decks of body scanner machines to look at bone, fat, and muscle compositions, which I think McCarty... Oh, uh, don't, don't, yeah, don't want to go to that room. Yeah, I don't want to go to that room. Can we close that room <laughs> when I turn up? Let's close that room. <laughs> Well, if we've closed that room, we go into the next one, which is really exciting. It's a 3,000-metre high-altitude studio. So we can walk into a, uh, a watt bike studio. You can dial it up so it's 6 degrees to 40 degrees, up to 3,000 metres in height. And that is a world first. Like having that amount of bikes in that size room with that, that capability, this has not been done before. So that's pretty exciting. Um, 
We've got a, a massive indoor green room, 70 metres by 50. Um, I was reminiscing with a, an old-timer last night how good it used to be to get into the sawdust gym when it was pissing down outside. And um, now <laughs> we've got a, a 70 by 50. So uh, that's the pretty cool. Sawdust gyms, that's pretty cool. The sawdust gyms. I've just got memories of getting boils. You know, I was a teenager oh. from disgusting sawdust gyms. Oh, yeah. It was iconic. It was iconic. <laughs> but uh, when you walk in there now, we've got ceiling-based cameras in, in our in our sawdust gym. We've got a ceiling-based camera. We've got screens around the walls. Uh, we've got the largest interactive screen ever built. It's uh, it's nine metres high by seven metres wide, fully interactive. You can kick balls, pass balls against it at full speed. Um, probably one of the other proudest things we've got is a hoist that covers all our recovery pools. So it's a 300 kilo hoist that allows uh, disabled athletes, incapacitated athletes to lower themselves in to any of those different pools with underwater treadmills, uh, hot and cold plunge. Yeah, so that's, that's some of the things that we're doing that really make this place world-class. Jamie, I mean, I've been through this journey with you as a mate and obviously when you first discussed it and you know, phenomenal that you got it done during two years of COVID as well. And I know that you have the, the, the government to thank with the Spade in uh, initiative. But you've created an, this facility which is for so many sports. What's the future now? What, what, what's in the pipeline? Because I know that you can't sit still. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I, I, yeah, well, I think um, the first point you mentioned, mate, is getting things done through COVID. And it really was testament to guys like Mal and Kev and particularly their industry experience and knowledge around how they were able to sort of um, keep things on track. Uh, the procurement of materials and stockpiling things to try and make sure the project didn't stop was was really, um, to use a, a, word, a COVID word, it was unprecedented. There was just sort of no, no map as to how you deal with it and those guys just uh, kept on going forward. So, yeah, big kudos to them. And as you say, the New Zealand government with the Shovel Ready program, they stepped up to get the project back on side and helped uh, fill the, the funding void that was taken out at the uh, third week in COVID. Grant, you all know, mate, I had a full head of hair prior to starting the project, and during that, <laughs> that time when the funding was sort of uh, not there, it was a massive relief when uh, the Shovel Ready program was announced and we were able to secure a commercial loan with them. So, yeah, just recognising that as well. But um, what's the future hold? Well, mate, we've already got a, a lot of interest from teams, uh, a bit like yourself, mate, who are on the journey with us from the start. Some of those teams who have been involved in the Japanese Top League, uh, the Australian AFL, they're now the teams that are coming back to us, looking at what's being built out here, considering that having their pre-seasons with us. And that would be uh, an amazing thing to have an AFL team over wow. here for a week or two doing their pre-season. We've had the NFL reach out from uh, their combine perspective. There's things like that that are, are super uh, interesting, but as well as exciting for, for, for New Zealand. So it's truly world-class. Uh, you hear that... You know, term thrown around, Grant, a lot, don't you? But th this is ticking all those boxes if massive uh, international sporting leagues are reaching out. So what about the reaction by your current professional teams who work out of there? Hurricanes, Phoenix, uh, other professional athletes who are there. You know, what's been the feedback? Because they've had access to it uh, for a longer period of time. I know the opening, the official opening was just this week and uh, the open days today. But they've been in, they've been able to reap the benefits of. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's really important you live in your house for a while before you make changes, and that was really cool that the, the Phoenix come in last September, uh, the Wellington Rugby Union come in sort of October, November, and then they were joined by the Hurricanes in November. It's been really awesome for them to sort of have that space to sort of learn 
how to use the facility and sensibly not try and do everything at once. But I think what's probably been uh, most rewarding in a lot of ways is that we've addressed a lot of the things we heard as hurdles uh, early in the project. So being 35 minutes out of Wellington, how do we make sure that we don't add time to the athletes today? And I think we've done that by making sure we've been building to size and scale. So when you walk in, you're not sitting in a wheelie bin full of ice for your ice bath. There's a 20-person plunge pool, a 20-person hot plunge. Um, you can get it all done in 15 minutes rather than waiting an hour. I think um, the other thing that we wanted to talk about and has worked really well is just the collaboration and sharing of ideas. I think we saw TJ Pedanara and Clayton Lewis both injured at the same time this year. We saw those guys chatting in the gym, uh, bouncing ideas off each other and having that camaraderie or relationship whereby if you're an injured athlete, it can be a very lonely place. So the fact they can do that and talk to other athletes and share in that their, their stories is, uh, has been a, a really awesome thing to see. And when you've got a, a 19 or an 18-year-old Phoenix women's player sitting on a bike next to a, an Adi Savia or an, another All Black, mm. that's got to be uplifting. And it's, it's everyone's still out there and learning. And I think your Black will tell you and the women's Phoenix player will tell you they're both learning. Well, Jamie, um, before you go, what can we expect from the Open Day? Mate, it's just a really awesome opportunity to have people come in and, and, and look around. We've um, got a hell of a lot of community use in here already. Um, every Friday night, we've got kids' nursery grade rugby and ripper rugby played on the big indoor space, and that's awesome. um, organised chaos, as you can imagine. Uh, but today, <laughs> it's just to really open the doors up for everyone to have a bit of a, a look around. And if you're driving past, uh, you really don't know what you're about to see from the road. It's not until you walk in the front, front doors, really, that you, you really appreciate that there's been a hell of a lot of work going over the 18 hectares and there's been a lot of people on the waka. So I think as of this time next year, uh, we will be the largest hotel in Wellington. Uh, Belinda and the team over there are putting an awesome accommodation experience and conferencing experience together. And today it's just a, a good opportunity for people to see what's possible and, and come and share in sort of the, the hard work of a lot of people. Well, thanks so much, Jamie. We can't wait to do a show from out there, maybe. From the altitude Mate, chamber. See if it affects see if it affects Grant's a, performance at robust talkback session. <laughs> I've just had a thought. We we do have a, a cryotherapy unit that's minus eighty seven degrees. And I think um, I can I can already see in there, McCarty. That's that's your, your cup of tea right there. Don't feel the cold, mate. <laughs> well Jamie, we do have a we do have a uh, we do have a bucket list that the team's put together for me, and I'm sure we can think of something for, for me to do out there for the uh, hairy javelin to maybe get into that swimming pit and just ramp up the speed of that jet. Uh, that looks like a, a lot of fun, but congratulations as a mate and, and someone who has been through this whole uh, design and just the vision that you and a lot of people have had, Malcolm uh, and the Gillies group. Uh, it, you're going to have a piece of every amazing athlete that comes out of this facility. And not only is it those top performing athletes, but also the community. I think what Upper Hutt and what this is going to do for the community of Wellington and sports stars that are growing up to see the likes of Adi Savia, even though they might not reach those heights, I think um, what you've achieved is phenomenal and you can be very proud of it and look forward to getting in the cryo chamber and just seeing <laughs> all of the different teams that are out there in the future. Uh, I know that I, I'm going to be looking forward to going to, I think it's the Netherlands versus Sweden women's uh, football game coming up soon. So Not uh, USA, Netherlands? Could be. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the big one. Is it? Yeah. yeah. 
But um, and did that, Sweden win the fist fight to get access to that facility during the World Cup? Is that is that how you did it? Mate, we got on really well with the Swedes. They're a really good crack. They're really good people to deal with. But what happened, eight teams actually toured the facility. Uh, the US actually come out more than eight months ago. They were first through the gates. Um, but what happened at the draw, the team who had the most number of games at Sky Stadium had the highest preference to choose what venue they wanted. It narrowed it down to three teams that had the most number of games at Sky Stadium. And the team that got first choice was the one that was ranked highest, which was Sweden. So, mate, we, um, we actually established a really good relationship with them. Uh, they're bringing two of their own chefs. They're taking all 50 apartments. <laughs> the um, Swedish the chef and the Muppets is coming. This is fantastic. Mate, that's You've exactly what day. they did. That's what, that's, what, that's what won us over. When we said, oh, what do you guys eat? And they impersonated the chef and said, what are you getting me, Paul? <laughs> so, um, so um, yeah, that, that sealed the deal. Oh, great stuff. <laughs> We've taken way too much of your time. Your open day starting in about five minutes. Jamie, thanks so much for, for being so accommodating. We really do appreciate it. It looks amazing. Thanks, Jamie. No, look, appreciate the support, and great you guys are on the waka with us. Thanks, team. My pleasure. Jamie Tout, General Manager of uh, the New Zealand CIS, uh, which has opened out in a part, not just a sporting facility, a high-class, world-class facility, but there's accommodation, conference centres, food. It's own little city. I reckon Here, interesting here, we will be Wellington's biggest hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard that um, on the, the opening of it. They were just discussing the facilities and how immense it is. Um, the accommodation's amazing. Are well. you a little bit jealous of what you had to you know, train in, in Wellington over the years? It was a lot tougher back in the day for us. Oh, right. no. <laughs> I didn't hear Wellington Cricket's name mentioned. Yeah, are they still at the basin? No, so strangely, cricket never um, sort of bought into the facility at the start. I know the Phoenix and the Hurricanes, they did. But, it, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it, Daniel? Like, if you can get into this facility, and it won't be happening now, but it will happen in the future, why have your own strength and conditioning team? Why have your own marketing team? And why have your own, you know, psychologists and physios and medical team when you can actually have shared facilities and shared human resource around the team? be more cost effective but also you're sharing that information between teams so you probably be a, a better skilled team for it so i think that we'll see that happening in the future and maybe we'll see more and more codes get out there maybe now that it's built like jamie said there's more interest around it some people don't want to get on the the boat too early when they just see it as a vision but now that it's open i mean when you, when i take you out there because we'll go and do a show out we'll there, do a show sure. you know when the swedish team's here in the cryo we'll, we'll get in the cryo chamber of the swedish team in the World Cup. Uh, oh, good. Doing your hot colds and the sauna with the team. Um, you'll see that this facility, it's unmatched. I haven't seen anything like it worldwide. Uh, thanks to Jamie. Yeah, slightly off topic for what we normally do, but uh, incredible facility. Unseen in New Zealand before, uh, we certainly believe that. It's nearly tw- 25 minutes after 12 o'clock. We will take a break. Still to come, though, Grant's uh, rub the wrong way. More of your messages. Clado to preview what's happening after 1 o'clock. And then our sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. Stay with us. Saturday session, 29 minutes after 12 o'clock. 31 minutes remaining in this show before Clado and crew take over. We'll find out what they've got planned for us a little bit later. We need to find out what the mood is. We, you know, it was Ted who texted us at the top of the show when we said, you know, are there bars open in Hamilton? Are the Chiefs fans already, you know, soaking in the atmosphere? There were a couple of Chiefs fans seen wandering into the tap house at about, you know, 10 past 10. And I did a sneaky off uh, off air call to the Spates Alehouse in Christchurch, oh, right. Right. right? 
and spoke to the lovely uh, hostess there. She said they weren't open yet. But at 11 they were opening. Yeah, at 11 they were opening. We're going to come flooding in. Well, should we try the tap house again? Should we, should we tap in the tap house's numbers? And, uh, you know, try and get try and get a mood. Try and get the mood. But no one answers phones these days, do they? Tap house in the Tron. Where only Hello, good things happen. Hello, hi, my name is Daniel uh, McCarty and Grant Elliott's alongside me. We are on SENZ Radio. You're live on radio right now. Who am I speaking with? Is it? Oh, no, she's throwing Hello? the phone over. Hello, who am I speaking with? Amelda. Hello, Amelda. What an amazing name. That was my grandmother's name. Great name, Amelda. Oh, uh, we, thank you. We, we, we would like to know what the mood is like in Hamilton. Uh, are, are Chiefs fans already flooding into your fine establishment? Yes, it is very busy already. All right. What are they wearing, Imelda? What what sort of uh, paraphernalia have they got on? Are there, are there a lot of Chiefs shirts? Are there, have they got the cowbells Not going? Yet. Not yet. There's only party hats and puffer jackets. Only so no party hats really... and puffer jackets? Okay. Yeah, okay. So the... are they timing? do you think they're timing their run? They're not uh, imbibing too much too early? No, I don't know. And, and what's the drink of choice there, Imelda? Um, probably the Fog City, because um, it's oh. based on Hamilton. Nice tap there. Fog, Fog City. See what you did there. That's very good, Fog City. <laughs> and Imelda, who's, who's winning the game tonight? Who do you think? Do you have any interest? Oh, definitely the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs, 100%. Now, I'd like to know, Imelda, if they win, does the does the bar, the establishment go crazy? Does it go crazy? Yes. Yes, it does. Thank, thankfully, I'm not working tonight, so I, yeah, I won't see it go exactly. crazy. So yeah. that's why you put your hand up for the early shift. You're smart. You're sensible. What happens if yes, they lose, exactly. Imelda? Are, are they going to be fist oh. fights? Are there going to be tables being chucked? How do you think Chiefs fans will deal if they don't win? Oh, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. I think it's going to be, I think people are going to be very angry. And where are you going to be for the game, Imelda? I'm going to be home. <laughs> Watch it at home. Excellent. I don't want to be in the crowd of everything. Be very hectic. So, Imelda, if you had to rate the confidence of the Chiefs fans just within the tap house at the moment in Hamilton, how would you rate that on a scale of 1 to 10? 10 being oh, very confident. Absolute 10. It's a 10. They're definitely going to wow. win. Wow, well, there you have it. Melda, you're my favourite person I've spoken to today. Thank you very much for joining me. <laughs> you go have a great good. day. Thank you for ringing. You too. See you later. Oh, no, our pleasure. Melda's great, isn't she? Yeah, How nice is Melda? Yeah, she was great. Well, she's doing the morning shift. That's why yeah. she said she's not going to be there for the result. She knows it could go either way. We forgot to book a table for 26 under the name Robertson for yeah, 10 o'clock, though. Yeah, we were, celebratory we, we table. We were going to do that. So funny, on that point, yeah. Nathan Lyon went to the Barmy Army's uh, pub of choice after the first test, after the Aussies beat what, England. What pub was it? Walkabout. Obviously, what? what? Walkabout in what? Birmingham. Yeah. So, so the Barmy Army are using the Walkabout pubs as their base. And it was the same no, pub. No, no, no. That's a New Zealand-Australian thing. I know. Well, it's an Australian. We've tagged into it. That's the, the humour of the right, Barmy Army. first ever snake bite. And it Shepherd's <laughs> Bush, in fact. Shea Boo. But it was the, also the pub where Joe Root and Davey Warner, where Davey Warner ah. punched Joe Root, I think. Yeah. And Nathan Lyon was seen there, and there's photos of him being triple parked. 
and celebrating. That, that's not he parked next to a car who's parked next to a car. No, he had three he had, vessels in his left hand. Three yeah. drinks in his yeah. hand. So, yeah, that, that, that is a, the ultimate insult, isn't it? Yeah, Going to enemy, crossing le- enemy lines. So a table for Robertson for 23 at the tap house would definitely be enemy lines, I'd say, after a win. Can, can you just visualise Imelda uh, latest night about, you know, just after nine, fist pumping herself, fist pumping, going like this, you know, celebrating like Tiger Woods if the Chiefs lose and she knows she's not on night shift. <laughs> and just turning the phone off. <laughs> She'll be like, thank heavens, thank heavens I'm not working tonight. It's a win-win for her, isn't it's it? 26 away from one back after this. Thank you, Imelda. 22 away from one, Mark's waited through the break. Good afternoon, Mark. Hello, boys. How are you? Very good. Good to hear your voice here. It's been too long, this Mark from Sydney, of course. Indeed. Well, I've got to say a big thanks to you guys and SENZ for the great Ashes uh, broadcast we got from England, because that's about the only thing going right for us Sydney siders at the moment, <laughs> aside from a couple <laughs> of things. I mean, it was an absolute blowout with the state of origin, and yes, I'm copping grief from my brother who's a Queenslander who manages the Queen Charlotte Tavern in the Marlborough Sounds. And nice. um, yeah, yeah, nice line of work if you can get it. And um, uh, I just couldn't believe how badly New South Wales was both managed and played on the field in that second game. Because, I mean, Brad Fittler's a great rugby player and all, as in rugby league, but some of the boneheaded decisions him and his coaching staff made, you think they must have been hitting the forex before the game, which is a very low quality point for the Levy Tennis. You don't, well, don't well, want to get that stuff. Mark, I'm no expert, but when I looked at those two squads, I'm like, this should be tight nine times out of ten, right? But they're, they're, oh, well, if, you, just... if you're just looking at the talent, it should have been far tighter than that. Absolute lopsided hiding. Oh, abs- absolutely. It was like the first game. Queensland were two guys down in the last ten minutes of the game, yet they still came back and won it. And it's like, you know, yes, we've had a lot of guys out injured, like Cleary and uh, Latrell Mitchell. And a few other fellas, Crichton, I think, was another one. But the tactics, you couldn't even call them tactics. It was like, you know, something somebody would write down on a piece of paper when they're leading the conga line of clowns in a circus. You know, it's like they put a, they put a guy in the centres, they put him on the left side, they should have put him on the right side because the left side was our weak side. And then it's like they should have put Nico Hines into the side and he wasn't there. And just that many calls were made, which were dumb calls. No wonder we lost. You know, and it's like they because re- they didn't have any flexibility. You know, they didn't have any, uh, shall we say, adventurous spirit. You know, it's not like an All Blacks coach. You know, if it was Grizz Wiley or David Kirk <laughs> in the 1987 World Cup, they would have tried. They could have assessed the field. They could have put unorthodox unorthodox tactics in there, and that would have won the game. New South Wales, they just kept doing the same thing over and over again. It was no wonder we failed. You know, like the definition of failure yeah. is trying the same thing that doesn't work over and over and expecting different results. That's just what happened with us. However, our New South Wales women's team did win the game, but the absolute dumbass thing they do with over <laughs> here in working out who gets to be the winner after two games, not three like the men's matches, is they work it out on try percentage. And even though New South Wales won 18-14, Queensland ended up getting the state of origin for the women. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 
Oh, oh, these blues tears. I'm drinking them in. That's fantastic. Grant, you, you well, had a question for Mark, I, I like to hear your outrage in the rugby league, but what you must be outraged at the moment with the statements from all these England players that are bringing in, you know, ex-players like Ponting and calling, you know, the, the Aussie Ashes team with three number 11s and then Nathan Lyon goes and bangs the... Oh, and the, Ollie Robinson giving send-offs? Yeah, send-offs? Well, that doesn't happen in, in cricket, does it, Mark? Uh, well, no, but uh, you can understand it on two fronts. One, there is a few English sports people who I have tremendous regard for, like Helen Housby, who plays with our netball team here in Sydney, the New South Wales Swifts. However, by and large, to me, and I think 98.3% on the planet, England represents the galactic empire of the sporting world. So we have no qualms in throwing a few brickbats their way. And... Uh, I think uh, this Ollie guy is just being an out-and-out Neanderthal. You know, he's a <laughs> to develop... Oh, come on! You built statues of Merv Hughes, didn't you? <laughs> well, he's, this, this, this Ollie guy is the type that proves Neanderthal cavemen are alive and well into the 21st century where nothing's lagging. It's their primary habit. <laughs> so, Mark, you, you have to work, Mark. We're, you, you actually back up what Matthew Hayden said about Ollie Robinson then. You said he's a forgettable cricketer, fast bowler that bowls 124 kilometre nude nuts and he's got a mouth from the south. I do. He's got a few, I do. And you've, he's got a few you've, chess you've got, a, you've, got a, you've got to wonder what the ground curators hit before, with regards to stuff they imbibe before they hit the pitch to mow it out and roll it out. Because, I mean, one oh, of the mate, Mark, the world's against you. Circle one, the one wagons! Thing. Circle the wagons, no, no. Mark! Everyone's coming for Australian cricket. Hey, Mark, I love talking to you. I'm really sorry. We've got to fly. got to get to Clado. Please call again as the series rolls on, mate. We, we always love hearing from you in Sydney. Go well, mate. Thanks, Mark. Brilliant stuff. We go to Clado. I love it. The Australian cricket. Treat us with respect. Be nice to us. <laughs> oh, dripping in irony. G'day, Clado. How are you? Hey, Lance, that's a hard mark to follow, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love the passion. Clado, interestingly enough, last weekend, I might be wrong, someone left a blues flag in the the studio and you were waving it around, but you were wearing a Chiefs cap. And today, you've got nothing Chiefs. Oh, hang on. Oh, no. Oh, Crusaders. He's just throwing the Crusaders flag on the ground. I'm assuming Louis left it there. Oh, he's lighting it! He's setting it on fire! He set out no! Outrageous! <laughs> he didn't set it on fire. That would have been a health and safety issue. He was just playing his, uh, his role. Yeah, well yeah. done. So you're all Chiefs. You're I'm all Chiefs, Chiefs today, yeah, aren't you? I'm a Chiefs man. Yeah. Yep, yep. He used to drive through. the bus for the Chiefs. He used to be the coach driver for the Chiefs. Um, no, no, never had a bus licence, but uh, had a bit to do with the Chiefs over the years. And my cousins played for the Chiefs, the Gibbs boys, so... Yeah, yes. a lot riding on this, and Tia Moody boy, Tia Moody blood coming through, and yeah, look out. Have Louis. you ever had a night at come. the tap house? The tap house? Yeah. In Tia Moody? Is it in Hamilton? No, in Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton. no. We, no. We, we just called a pub, we just called a pub to find out what the mood is like, and um, uh, Imelda was her name, basically said she'd <laughs> hate to think what it would be like if they lose in, inside that establishment. She was delighted she's got the, uh, the day shift, uh, so... Melbourne's oh. winning. What have you guys got for us after one o'clock? It will be going off down there tonight. I tell you oh, what, when they oh, kick yes. the Crusaders into the middle of next, yeah, middle of next <laughs> season. 
Hey, um, bit of bit happening during the week. Uh, we've got Rickard and Park on today in a heavy track, but we've uh, transferred the Tauranga meeting, which is going to be on a very heavy track. We've gone to the Synthetic at Cambridge and two races down and two special moments for two young apprentices who have just started their career. Narkow Haley took out the first for his boss, Debbie Sweeney, first winning ride. And race two, we just saw young man Donovan Cooper pick up his first winning ride. So I think the form is race three. Anybody looking for their first win? No. Hmm. But interesting, how, so how two, two you, big moments in two young fellas' lives. That is cool. How did you fear last week, though, Clado? Like, what sort of form is the team running in, do you yeah. think? The, well, yeah, the well, mid-season well, form? Is it early-season form? Sort well, of Warriors we, form, or you positive? As we said last week, you know, the Crusaders played their final last week, and, you know, the Chiefs had to grind out a grand final winning effort, so no frills mm. and cowbells about the Chiefs. You know, they'll get the job done tonight, Crusaders... Is Whitlock playing tonight? Uh, he's named, he's in but the he's, starting he's, he's under a cloud, isn't he? An injury cloud, a figurative oh. injury cloud, not a literal one. Look, Scotty, play him. Just play him. Just play him. Um, beautiful stuff, Clado. Have a, have a wonderful show. And, uh, you know, Robertson out, uh, McMillan in, right? We're already starting. The future, future <laughs> all-black coach. The future, future all-black coach to beat the future all-black coach, yeah, if that makes some, sense. Yeah, it could be some big Thanks, changes Clado, tonight. Have a great, have a great show. Clado and crew, after one o'clock, we've got Simon from West Footscray uh, messaging us from Australia saying, tell Mark from Sydney the Tigers will smash the Swans in two weeks. Oh, I love it. So that will <laughs> help cheer uh, Mark from Sydney here. Uh, brilliant uh, call. Always love hearing from him. Back after the break with these sporting tips. We should probably run a mile from. Thank you to everyone who's called and texted today. We love hearing from you. Mark's even sent in another message saying, uh, so that Tigers supporter could not be more wrong. Sydney will thrash Richmond in two weeks. Grant, I never got to you. What's robbed you the wrong way this week? How about turning on your microphone? Well, there's a couple of things that rubbed me on the the wrong way. Um, You know, one of them was uh, Pujara getting dropped from the test. Sunil Gavaskar wasn't you're, happy you're with You're a bit that. sad by that. An old-fashioned test. Jeffrey Boycott being outraged by Bazball. Oh. I'm surprised that he came out. Like, of all, he's the total contra to Bazball. But the thing that's rubbed me the wrong way, or the person that's rubbed me the wrong way, is Ricky Ponting. Okay, well, what's he done? I love Ricky Ponting. Great player. He actually asked me how Amazing. my thumb was in the 2009 World Cup. Did he? I was in an elevator with James Anderson, who just blanked me. I said... Evening and just blanked me, and then the next day, Ricky Ponting was like, "Hey, mate, how's your thumb? Oh, that's going alright. It's charming. Um, Some player. Anyway, he's rubbed me up the wrong way because he's he's made the comments now that he he was offered the coaching role before Baz. Right. But why say that? I don't understand. Well, you mean the timing? The timing. Well, why? Why even uh, mention that? Because every Australian under law has. to to try and get under the English cricketers during the Ashes? I don't know. Is that to get under the skin of them and maybe... Yeah, it's like, I'd, I could have had it. But I'd, uh, he said that he turned it down because he's got a young family, and I respect that. But the fact that, like, why would you bring it up? I don't think you need to bring something like that up. So that... that well, if it's down. wound you up, it's probably wound a few Englishmen up. So it's probably done his job. Uh, yeah, the mm. balmy army. All right, we finish off with the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. Last week, Grant Elliott was one from one. Uh, successfully uh, tipping the uh, winner of the uh, the US Golf Open. What have you got for us this week, Grant? So when I'm running hot, you know that I like to bring in multi. Oh, I didn't, no. I didn't, gonna, I, I going didn't back ask, to a multi. I didn't ask any of our experts today about, you know, we could go with Ken, well, Ken Laban, but Ken sat on the fence. <laughs> he gave us the politician. Yeah, he did. We love Ken. 
real politicians answer there. So didn't get much from him. Um, a great interview, but didn't get a, yeah. much from him in terms of betting. But I'm going the NRL. I'm going a Melty. Um, I'm going for the Eels to beat the Dolphins. I'm going for the Panthers to beat the Knights, the Storm to beat the Eagles, the Broncos to beat the Titans, and the Rabbitohs to beat the, the Cowboys, which is $5.50 as a multi. Okay, thank you. Ben Francis, do you have one for us this week? Generally, he goes with the opposite of Grant Elliott theorem. I wonder if he will diverge from that. I will be, Daniel. I think the Crusaders are going to win pretty comfortably tonight. So I'll say 13 over. Yeah. Wow. wow, there we have it. Very nice. I'll stay with the Super Rugby final. I'm going for a couple of power plays. Uh, Mackenzie Moonga, uh hugely influential figures. They both will score 10 plus, plus points. Both of them combined. Hmm. Both of them will score 10 plus points. Okay, wow. So Moonga will have 10 plus points. Mackenzie will have 10 plus points. That will net you $2.25. $2.25. And the other one I like, I'm predicting a try in the opening five minutes. So I'm going to go six... Plus points scored in the first 10 minutes, $2.75. And you're running hot as well. We both got our bets right uh, or correct last week, so they're not. They're, so we have to change the segment, not bets that you should run a mile from. Bets that you should run towards. Get your pen and paper, lock them in, and remember to bet <laughs> responsibly. Run to so the bank. Should we, should, we, should we call it Put Your House On and Get Tommy's Real Estate to sponsor it for a while? Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should do that. <laughs> maybe you should do something like that. My thanks to Grant Elliott, Ben Francis too. You for playing a part. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy your sporting weekend, everyone. Catch you next week, and let's go the Crusaders. Come on, the Chiefs! (laughs) 